what's really good, y'all? It's Rashi, aka Freedom John, aka Fag Albert, aka It's My Coin and I Need Her Now. And you've tuned into another week of The Girls' Room. On today's episode, the dolls talk about Kim Kardashian in Living Color, Cardi B landing her first leading role, which sex toys make us go itchy gitchy yaya, and so much more. Let's get into it. What it is, y'all, y'all already know who it is. It's your favorite host. Representing the gays and the girls, I am Rashid, a.k.a. Rashid, a.k.a. Fag Albert, a.k.a. Freedom John. And I'm sitting here with Delarisa's great niece, so you already know they and she is in charge of the girls. She and they are... Erica, a.k.a. Thickerita, a.k.a. Milfiana, a.k.a. Fat Badu, a.k.a. Shiloh's Momics. So what's going on, boo-boo? What's good, Rashi? How are you feeling today? To be honest, I'm okay. You know, we're recording a little earlier than usual, but um, I think that I didn't have much issue with getting up because I know that we were going to be delivering a great episode of The Girls' Room. Per usual. Per usual. Absolutely. Um, so let's check in, boo. Let's check okay. in. Um, okay, well, I guess, you know, um, going back to collab days, um, how were you feeling um, and, you, and, like, try to describe it using a movie? How am I feeling describing a movie? This definitely is a collab throwback. This, I think we talked about this the other day, that things like this always make us miss our babies who are all grown as fuck now. And they have babies. Okay, before you did. <laughs> um, <laughs> love them, love them. Um, I would have to say, I feel like the Beyonce I Am World Tour experience. Is that a movie? It feels like that, a movie. Yeah, I think that counts. That yeah. definitely counts. I just feel like that bitch, to be honest. I feel like all eyes are on me. The spotlight is just beaming. Um, I'm turning heads, boo. You know, I'm giving y'all my pussy walk. And I love it. <laughs> and how do you feel? <laughs> and to be honest, I have this, this cup. Um, I have this new cup that people may not know about but it's called an ember cup and it's a temperature control coffee mug so it actually keeps my coffee at my desired temperature yeah like this shit sounds like some futuristic shit and i, I guess almost we feel are like that bitch drinking it too so yeah yeah like this shit is amazing i'm sipping on it and i have my peppermint mocha in it shout out to mom for teaching me that um beautiful gym and I'm living. So how are you, Erie? Um, describing a movie, I'm feeling like BBW gets demolished by dreadheaded BBC. <laughs> say that again for me. <laughs> Please say that again for me. I'm f- <laughs> I'm feeling like <laughs> sorry. That's so, so sad. Oh, my, well, mom wouldn't know what it means, but I'm, feel, I'm feeling like BBW gets demolished by dreadheaded BBC, so. 
Why do you feel that way, child? I don't know. Well, as people know, like I said in the first episode, I'm like, you know, I gave up soda um, and Pepsi usually was a thing that controlled my libido and my sex drive. So, yeah. Yeah. Wait, you gave up coffee? Well, yeah. What? No. Okay. You know, I gave up soda. Oh. Pe- and Pepsi controlled my libido for whatever. I don't know reason. why I read Pepsi and all that you just said is coffee, um, babe. I, again, even though well, for I'm real, for I mean, like, I don't. I mean, I'm not much of a coffee drinker like that anyway. That's but, tea. That is real. Yeah, like unless it's a frappe from McDonald's, for real, for real. Ooh, you know, I love mocha frappes. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So yeah. So um. Yeah. I don't know. Ever since like last weekend, I just you know since I had my little staycation, I've been feeling hypersexual. So I love that. I love that yeah. for you to be honest. Back in my normal state. Yeah. Yes. yes. Milfiana is back. Sicarita fat by do, okay? Make this nigga say, mmm, Soon to be, soon to be Clitoria on OnlyFans. Purr. Get those coins, boo. Recommend. So, today's episode, we're going to focus on sex convo, guys. So, we haven't talked about sex in quite some time. It's my favorite. It, but it is our favorite. And because this is the girls' room, you know, nothing is off limits. Um, so, today, of course, we're just going to be focusing on the pleasures of pleasuring yourself. Um, but how that can also have some stigmas around it. Yes. Um, yeah. So, we're going to be talking about, of course, like, you know, um, you know, masturbation, also sex toys, um, which are my favorite things. I know people are definitely um, options. But, um, you know, sometimes you can, you know, you can get in with a sex toy. You don't really worry about the drama. So, looking okay. forward to those conversations. And I know Rashid's the sex toy god. So. Okay, what they say, bitch, I'm a mother. No drama. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is happening? Okay. <laughs> what is this? So, Boy. yes, honeys, we will be talking about everything from those favorite sex toys we have um, to how folks actually develop those shameful and intolerable opinions around sex toys and masturbation. Um, but first, we have tea. <laughs> that was so bad. So what's tea, Erica? What's on the agenda? <laughs> All right, first and foremost, Trump was impeached for a second time. Uh, um, wish I could say I was surprised. I'm not. I don't think anybody is, especially after the events that happened at the Capitol building. Um, and honestly, just his whole presidency. Um... I'm going to be completely honest, though. I'm very, like, anxious and a bit scared for what happens at the inauguration, the day of inauguration, the days leading up to inauguration, because these crackers are crazy. And, you know, as far as inauguration goes, I don't understand why they can't be virtual. Like, you know, there's been reports of um, old presidents and first ladies who will and will not be attending. And I'm just like, at that point, none of you should be attending physically. And it should very much be a virtual thing. I don't know what it is about the government that feels like they're just absolved from everything. Meanwhile, I forget what um what kind of meeting it was, what kind of like government meeting it was. But as soon as the meeting was over, like I, the woman was in a room full of anti-vaxxers, essentially. And like, you know, people who kind of doubted COVID. I don't know her name. Um, sorry to her. I don't know their name. Sorry to them. Well, not necessarily too sorry to them because, you know, they're kind of like assholes, but definitely sorry to her. But the woman contracted COVID-19 as soon as they were done. Meanwhile, yeah. it was a meeting about <laughs> Yeah, you know, vaccine and things like that. Um, and it just showed you that like none of these people, like 
all of these people just feel like they just have such power um, and that their power absolves them from, like, human things. Um, I don't know what makes these motherfuckers think that they're just, like, you know, you know, I guess exempt from getting this disease um, and getting this virus. Well, I mean, I think that a lot of times, like, you know, our government is predominantly white and it just speaks to the entitlement that white people have feeling that they're invincible. Yeah. And that they would be exempt from catching this virus because... Perhaps eugenics? I don't know. Let but... me tell you something. Colonialism really snapped. Like, colonialism really has put them up on this pedestal that just makes them think that, again, they're just, like, the most powerful bitches in the world. And I was actually just talking to mom the other day about even, like, how, you know, white people in the streets will do things and basically just invoke so much, like, anger and um, so much, like, aggressiveness into, like, black folks they come and encounter with. And then when black folks, like, you know, whoop their ass or, like, put them back in their place, they're always just so confused. And I'm like, I don't know if y'all know this, but we've been sitting on ready for over 300 years. So anytime one of you motherfuckers think you want to act up, you're going to get smacked the fuck up. And that's on what? City girls. Um... But yeah, um, so yeah, he was impeached. Um, this is his second time. He was impeached back in 2019. And honestly, uh, shouldn't it have been the second time. But to ahead. be honest, um, yeah, but he was back in December 2019 for I think it was like abuse of power and obstruction of Congress. I'm gonna say. Yeah, I think that was it. But that's like his whole reign as president. Okay. Um, and you know, that whole situation came out because of the whole whistleblower thing. I'm not going to get into that because to be honest, I am not interested and also just have not really kept up with like Trump politics. I did all of this research because we have a podcast. Um, other than that, I don't give a fuck. Um, (laughs) but he was impeached again with unanimous support from the Democrats and 10 representatives from his own party actually voted against him, making this the most bipartisan, um, impeachment in history. I love that for him. I'm just ready for him to get out. I mean, of course, like, Joe Biden isn't really a prize himself, but... Right. Um, yeah. And it, I guess it is that lesser, that lesser of two evils thing. Um, That's how it always is, though, unfortunately. Right. And people are saying they'd rather, like, take the devil that they know. But I'm like, no, baby, you definitely know Joe Biden. You guys just refuse to see the things that happened under the Obama administration. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for real. Like, even with Obama, it's like he, like, yeah, we liked him because he was black. And, like, what he stood, you know, like, and what the blackness stood for, like, you know, uh, a step in the right direction. But, like, Obama did a lot of wild shit in office. Absolutely. Like, and you know what? The black, pe- black people were still fucking getting killed in the hood. Yes. And everywhere. And it was like nothing was really done about it. So, I mean, like, yeah, he was the first black president, but, like, what really did he do? And it's like, also, just be real. Like, let's be real with ourselves. Black Lives Matter was literally, like, the movement, this movement specifically as part of the entire, like, you know, grand scale of, like, black liberation was founded under his administration. Um, So that means that all of these injustices and all of these things were actually starting to come to head while he was in office. And anytime he was asked to give his opinion on those things, you know, he just overall really didn't have much for people. He never said what black people wanted to hear. Um, if anything, he was trying to appease white people and make sure that they know that he is like everybody's president. He made that very clear his entire presidency. And somehow white people still like equivalent him to Malcolm fucking X for some reason. Um, Betty Shabazz and Malcolm X are literally like king in their graves at that shit every time um, mm-hmm. people say it, I'm sure. 
Um, but yeah, like Trump is really just—he's so historic. Like he's honestly just phenomenal. Like he's phenomenal, phenomenally a dickhead. Um, I don't know how you become both the third and fourth president to be impeached. <laughs> Like, That's really a scam, but yeah. he is the third and fourth president to be impeached, literally within two years of each other. Um, it doesn't make sense. Um, I just, I just want to say that he is high in sodium because he's salty as shit. Um, like, I could never imagine losing an election, inciting violence on the low, and trying to keep it cute on Twitter only to be outed. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, like, again, like, I don't really have much to say about Donald Trump besides he just disgusts me, but, like, a lot of people are like, how could this happen in America? How could he be president in America? And I'm like, it's so easy because he reflects American values. Okay. He's the epitome of what America is. And, like, it's sad that we have, we were forced to look face to face with it, you know, for so many years. But that is what happened. Speak on it. Capitalistic, racist homophobic, transphobic, I'm very sure, and overall just Definitely. ugly. Um, um, like, everything that America stands for and represents. And I'm just very tired of these motherfuckers going around talking about this broken system rhetoric that they spew. It's not broken. We talked about this last week, but this is literally the way things have always been. When the founding fathers, well, y'all's founding fathers, because they ain't mine's child. Uh, well, actually, they may be, because you know I got that quarter white thing going on. Thanks I my can't mom. relate. Uh, okay, Sorry love that man. for you, to be honest. Um, but, you know... That is. That's what we were founded on. We were literally founded on the labor of other people. Like, la- the labor of ourselves. Like, the labor of indigenous people. The labor of black people. Um, and seeing none of those benefits. So when people say that it's broken, absolutely not. And please keep in mind, like, I know that y'all are so tired of hearing this. But when the Constitution was made, it was absolutely not made with black people in mind. So when y'all start to read off those those rights and y'all start to be like, you should know your rights. I'm like, baby, those are not our rights. Those are not it. Um, we can keep saying it, but they're going to find some loophole around it. Um, because that's what government does. And that's what capitalism tells us to do. And that's what colonialism has informed us to do. So, yeah, um, it may be Saturday. And that fits because it's a fucking Saturday for him. And I'm sorry to that man, but peace and blessings on your way out, friend. Mm -hmm. Period. Thank you. Next. Period. Um, In other news, (laughs) my problematic fave, well, she's no longer really my fave, and I talked about that last week. But Mrs. Zaya Banks, bring your ass to the stand, girl. Um... (laughs) She's really wild. Like, y'all gotta hear this. Mrs. Because... Banks really on Thursday posted a series of videos on her Instagram and she was boiling her. Wait, dead she. Cat. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't know that that small detail that she was posting videos. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. She had posted videos of it, which is why so many people were like so confused because she had posted them with no context. Um, and that was, like, pretty much what led people to just think that, like, she, of course, um, her doing the outrageous shit that she does, people were, like, of course, throwing jokes and making fun at it. And we're just like, you know, oh, this bitch is about to make, like, you know, soup and shit. Like, you know, cream of pussy soup or whatever the fuck. That's, that's <laughs> Okay. Um, so, and literally, it was just, like, sh- 
her and whoever she was with, her merry band of faggots who just let her say anything out of her mouth, um, went and dug up this cat who was in a plastic bag. And, you know, next thing you know, we just see this pot of water boiling and it has all this dirt in it. And it's like the corpse of the cat. This is so disappointing. Um, is it? It just seems very on brand for her. It disappoints me because I'm just like, wow. I I can't. I really can't imagine boiling a cat. Boiling ain't like it's wow. Can you? Would you boil Jasper? Oh, girl, please. <laughs> girl, girl. I don't know. I probably would have boiled Solomon. Like it was. It wasn't really looking too good for him. Yeah, but I think like also like yeah, child. So you know, um, you know, after people. I guess we're coming for her. You know, she went on more of her little rants. Um, this time they were like texts more so. Um, and she posted them to her story and she was just kind of like talking to everybody and telling us that we were stupid, that we would think that she would like actually eat her fucking dead cat. Um, and that she's actually just preserving his body and it's called fucking taxidermy, you fucking stupid idiots. And it's very anti-black of you. And I'm just like, you know, you know, Azalea Banks, you're a very smart girl. Um, but babe, you made a new pair of earrings out of your cat's fucking jaw. Um, it's mm-hmm. almost anything but taxidermy. Because if you're not familiar, taxidermy has to do with that lifelike effect. So it has to do with usually like the stuffing of an animal. Um, and it's like you're preserving. You're not dismembering. Like, yeah. So I just don't understand where like your cat's jaws on each side of your ear reads lifelike. Like make that make sense to me. Um, and I get it. Like you're 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 welcome to do whatever you like. Um, but I think I took a little bit more offense to the whole anti-black take. <laughs> um, and like specifically, she said it's very anti-Black Lives Matter of you. And I'm like, yeah, girl. Like, which is why we're talking about a cat. We're not talking about you. We're talking about a cat. Um, like is no, that's not very anti-Black Lives Matter. And just for you making that, you know, false equivalence just shows. How much you stand in your bullshit. Um, and it's just tired. It's really tired because she's anti-black. She's fatphobic. She's transphobic. She's career-phobic. Um, and every other fucking ism and phobia you really can think of. And again, it just goes into that self-sabotage that we talked about. And that PR that this bitch lacks. Um, and she has so much self-awareness that she just feels like she's really just the smartest bitch in the world. And it confuses me so much because... For somebody who says they're so self-aware, you would think she would realize that just shut the fuck up. <sighs> I, you know, Rashid, I think this is really um, amazing that you did stand a person that did all of this. Uh, um, I'm proud of you. Um, it's I just, hard. It's, I don't... When you first told me you were, like, a big fan of hers, I was, like, I was very confused because I've seen her presence on social media, and I'm, like, really? <sighs> I mean, granted, she was good with music. I'm not even going to front. She does have talent, but... But that's the tea. I just think that it's just that we... We have allowed so many men in this industry to rise up with the stupid shit they do. Like, again, just like last week, these motherfuckers was posting fabulous and his fucking, like, admiration for his wife, Emily. Meanwhile, he had knocked this woman's teeth out her fucking mouth. And I'm just like, y'all still allow this man to walk around and feel like he's one of the fucking rap gods of his time. 
And, you know, we give nothing to these girls who, like, make these, like, mistakes. But I have come to realize that after a certain point, it's really just not a mistake. And it's just more so a personality flaw. Um, And she's very flawed. And she needs some healing. She really does. She needs some prayers. She needs healing. Like, I'm not going to say she needs a psych ward. Because I don't think anybody really needs that negativity in their life. But she really needs just some community and somebody who's really going to love her and just tell her, like, sis, this isn't it. And I don't feel like she has that. I feel like she has, again, like, a merry band of faggots around her who enable her to say the weirdest shit. Um, and, like, we, we know this. Like, we know this because, bitch, I see the videos of the people who you are around. And they laugh at all that stupid shit you say while all of us are just sitting there looking at the phone like, huh? Um, but I will I say that she's consistent and she's very interesting. Um, would you agree that Azalea Banks needs her own show? <laughs> like, damn. Um, I would see, like, I want to be like, I wouldn't watch it, but I fucking would. It's just she has a lot of shit going on with her, man. She's she's like a very big person. She has a very big personality. And it would those- it would definitely be like flavor of love for me. Like just like <laughs> you don't want to really watch it, but you have to because it's like what's gonna happen next? Right, absolutely. Um, it's just that, like the way that she lives her life. It's just very different than the norm. And by all circumstances, she's really... She's really a manifestation of unapologetic, like, black girlness. Like, she really is. And, like, even though people use that phrase for, you know, what benefits them and, you know, balls of positivity, she stands in her... She really stands in her bullshit and is very unapologetic. And she is an unapologetic black girl. Like, an unapologetic black girl. Um... And I, again, like, I, I guess I respect that aspect where it's like, you know, she's very, she's very strong willed. Um, but the show would probably have to be, you know, like a thousand ways to kill yourself. What the fuck is that called? A thousand, a thousand ways to die or some shit. Yeah. yeah. It would probably have to be like a thousand ways to cancel yourself with Azalea Banks. <laughs> like a thousand things in modern, you know, contemporary times. That will get you canceled by the masses. Um, but still, of course, be loved by white gays who don't love themselves. <laughs> because what do they cancel, child? I don't know what they cancel, girl. Like, I don't think they cancel anything. Think except cancel. black people and fat people. Okay. No yeah. fats, no fems, no blacks. So, yeah, Zoya Banks, um, get better, friend. I don't know what else to say. Um, something else that was brought up, uh, of course, um, as far as un- unapologetic black girlness, um, Kim K, um, <laughs> you know, she, she wakes up every day and makes a conscious decision to be black by using her skincare line. Um, you know, Kim Kardashian was, um, po- posted on a social media site, her doing a tutorial of her beauty line, um, showing how pale she is and how she, um, applies is it a, is it makeup or is it bronzer and it makes her vi- it, it makes a huge difference in her skin complexion um, makes her look very tanned um yeah makes her look smooth it, like all those veins all those velcro veins go the fuck away when she puts it on like did you say velcro veins yes like this bitch Not had like velcro veins. veins this bitch had like veins going through her hands and shit and then they just disappeared when she put this like you know this nigger on, 
um, makeup. If you wear, like, she hops up out the bed and turns her nigger on every morning. And it's just, like, she chooses color every morning and it's dedication. Um, I, I just... It really looked like she had tanning injections on one side of her body. I believe, yeah, yeah. Um, while the other was just white. And she's like, oh, she's so pale. And I'm like, baby, that is complexion. I, I don't know. Like, I know where it came from. Um, but, like, white people's obsession with not being white, it kills me. Because the same, like, you run away from it. But then you're mad that we aren't white. So it always just is this dissonance that I feel like they should have when it's like, you hate me, but it's only because you ain't me, bitch. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I think that eats them up. And I think that's a part of that whole inferiority complex they have. Uh, well, not not inferiority, that superiority complex that they have. Yes, thank you. Um, is this trying to always just be us? But that just generates so many questions for me, Miss Thing. Like, a plethora of them. Like, why does your product not wash off? Like, y'all have to understand that she she said that it was just about her hands. But literally, one side of her entire arm was also the same color as the makeup. While the other side was, the same, was still the same color as her hand. Who is putting that much makeup on their body? And will other white women catch your black men fetish if they put it on? Yes, because the answer is let's yes. Let's stop production. Like, ASAP. Um, you know, I always, like, um, I'm always, not in admiration, but I'm always in awe um, when people put that much time into makeup routines. Because um, I honestly put eyeliner on, do the little cat eye thing, and call it a day, and I'm tired. <laughs> okay. Um, but no, Kim K and the rest of her family definitely profiting off of blackness and just colored skin as a whole mm-hmm. is really wild for me. But I do understand why they are doing it, because sometimes their paleness can be unsightly. Um, and I think there's always just this, like... Well, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. Did you have more No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead. Um... I just don't want to, like, feel like I'm reading too much into this. But Kim Kardashian herself, like, and her family of color are just white. Um, Besides the kids that they have popped out for these niggas, they are white in all senses and aspects to me. Um, And they have never been as brown as they portray. Like, when you see them getting ready on keeping... I used to watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians at a younger age. Um, And, of course, Mm. stopped as I got older. Um, But when they would get ready and makeup and, you know, hair, makeup, and crew and stuff like that would do things to them um, as far as putting their faces and their bodies on for them, they were white. They were, like, you know, like she said, quote-unquote, pale. Um, and it's like, you can look at her pictures before the vein, before the fame and also just validate everything I said. And it's like, okay, yes, your dad is Armenian. Okay, cool. But your mom is still white. Kris Jenner is like white. As white as they come. That white woman who goes and tans every fucking week to make sure she doesn't lose it. Um, and for some reason she thinks that because her mom tans and she thinks that we don't know that her mom tans, she thinks that we don't realize that they're supposed to be, you know, white. Well, I don't know if you know this, but when you tan a lot, it becomes a dominant trait that's passed down to your children. So it is ingrained in their DNA, Rashid. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, are you fucking with me or is this real? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> you okay. got 
was scared. You got so scared. You was like, I'm still on turkey time. Like you again, a bitch just woke up an hour and some change ago. So like, I'm on turkey time right now. Like I'm like, huh? This is like when you used to go. Like, girl, it was like, it was like being back in the fucking school. Like back in school, back in prison, damn near. Where you know you get the fucking school at seven fifty, and as soon as you walk in, they want you to open a textbook, and it's like, well, bitch, y'all don't have no coffee, no donuts for the bitches to eat. Like, girl, we is in here. We ain't had nothing to eat. Girl, like, the bus got us here late for breakfast, even though y'all was only going to give us one little ass fucking, like, one serving pack of them small ass cereal packs that y'all give us and that fucking nasty milk that tastes like water with powder. Y'all love those fucking donuts, though. Oh, yeah. Like, wait a minute, girl. Like, wait. Are you, wait, like, hold on, girl. You're going too far. No, I didn't like those donuts. Those were dry. I'm Don't sorry. do that. I, they, they were, were dry, dry, but they were fucking no, delicious. No, they weren't. I'm sorry. It's the glazing on y'all the outside. Can't... <sighs> I like never, to be glazed on the inside, so maybe that's where I'm going to agree on this. And it just makes me feel. Rushy, do you like rather you be a Rushy? Quick question: Would you rather be a toaster strudel or a Twinkie? Honestly, neither. I don't like either of those. So those are very bad um, analogies for me. But I would say that I am more so a Twinkie because, like, it's too much mess when you're a toaster strudel, and I don't feel like that shit. Like, girl. <laughs> I can just, like, you know, when I go to go rest myself on the toilet later, like, that could just come out with the rest of my insides. But, um, that toaster strudel shit, like, I am not rushing to go get a towel or waiting for anybody to bring me a towel back while I play with my nails. None of that. Um. I just think, I just want to say this real quick and then we can, like, move on. I think at some point we should have a conversation about that because, yeah. T. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like, yeah, I think that we should have a conversation about that. Absolutely. But definitely, um, I apologize for quicksanding because I did quicksand. Of but. course. Um, but just to get back on this bitch real quick, it's just like, I'm just also just really tired of people trying to argue her place, at, like, you know, as a woman of color in like social settings, because especially in social, like you can argue whatever the fuck you want about your genetic, about her genetics. I don't really give a fuck. Like, I'm not a history major. I am not a geography major. I give no fucks about any of that. Um, But as far as in the now and the climate we're in and how she has positioned herself, she's a white woman in social settings. Um, I would love to ask her, has she ever faced police intimidation? Has she ever had socioeconomic issues? Has anybody ever told her that she has an accent? If she was partying in high school, did you have to think about your house being berated by fucking police and possibly be taken to jail and then have your charges hiked up because you're the one of the only people of color or specifically black people at the party? Um, and I'm very sure that all of your answers to those questions are going to be no. So as far as I'm concerned, it's case closed and you're giving Caucasian overload. Well, I guess there's that, that's it then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. His mom would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And speaking of, I guess, women or just, you know, white passingness and, you know, white people. Being able to get away, white people, white peopling. Yes, white people, white peopling and feeling like they can just get away with the world and just also just want to fit in with the people of color. Um, The girl Mia, I think her name is Mia Ponsetto. Um, the one who tackled the 14-year-old black kid for stealing her phone, which was actually later returned to her by an Uber driver. Um, she had an interview with Gail King, 
And Gail King sat down and talked to her. And it was probably one of the most infuriating videos that I've ever seen. And I want to forewarn everybody that on this episode of The Girls Room, I'm about to eat her the fuck up, okay? So please put on your seatbelts. Please adjust your helmets. Um, Oh, this is my favorite part. Do whatever you have to do because I'm about to read this bitch down. Um, And yeah, so yeah. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Did I fall out of my seat? Yes, I did. Okay, child. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Proceed. (laughs) So, back in December, you know, a video was shared from a jazz musician. Um, It came out that he was actually, you know, he was, the man was a jazz musician. Um, And he was with his son at the Arlo Hotel in Soho. And basically, when he was leaving the elevator, when he and his son were leaving the elevator, there was a woman in the, I guess, reception area. Um, who was asking about her phone. She was telling the, the hotel receptionist or hotel employee, stewardess, steward, whoever the fuck, um, about her phone being taken. And so she was, like, questioning him. Um, and so she's seen this black guy and his son, and she was, like, basically telling him, because he had an iPhone, was telling him that they took her phone. Um... And, you know, the thing about it for me was in the video, you clearly see not only this woman just overall racially profiling him, but then the hotel management staff is also aiding her in trying to convince this man and his son to allow her to see the phone. Mm. After... They had already seen him just leave, I mean, seen them leave the elevator. Now, keep in mind that this was maybe on the 26th. Apparently, this bitch had checked out of the hotel on the 23rd. So, while you're back here in in this man and his son's comfortability um, and luxury, trying to rain down on them with your fucking crusade of racism. It just takes me out. So basically, she blocks the fucking door. Um, she blocks the family from leaving, demanding proof, saying, well, prove it. Prove it's yours. And I'm like, bitch, like, don't nobody owe you shit. And see, that's where that entitlement thing that I was talking about. These bitches are so entitled that they feel like they can just stop you at a fucking luxury hotel and just tell you that no matter how you've gotten here, that you still need shit from them as far as to fucking steal it from them, Okay. So she tackles this 14-year-old boy when he and his father are trying to leave. And basically the father, like, you know, grabs her by the hair, basically, and, like, pushes her the fuck off of his son. Um, And literally minutes after the altercation, from what we're told, the phone is actually given to her by the hotel and actually tells her, actually, an Uber driver dropped off your phone. <laughs> She's fucking... Go ahead. So, Gal King, you know, did this interview with her, okay? On um, CBS. It's called, like, CBS This Morning. And, honey, Gal King did what she does best, and that is read a bitch down. Okay? She had moments... Gal, you know, is that journalist who does what journalists are supposed to do. Um, 
she doesn't sugarcoat shit. She reads the facts. She shows them the tape. You know, they watch it together, and then she asks them, okay, cool, so if we both seen this happen, what are your actions? Like, what are you, what's your excuses for your actions, right? Um, And so I guess after being questioned too many times and feeling like she just didn't have any more answers, this girl actually does something, Erica, that really bothers me. And she puts her finger up. So it was a socially distanced interview. She puts her finger up into the camera, and she goes, okay, Gail, all right, Gail, that's enough. And I want to let everybody know that if that were me, like if I was Gail and I was in person interview, I would have bit that bitch right off of her hand and I would have been going the fuck to jail. Um, Because even her lawyer told her that she was out of order. You literally see her, like her lawyer saying to her, Mia, 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 stop. Like you're doing too much. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, And she's so pompous the entire fucking time. Um, and she's just claiming how she's just a sweet person and, you know, she's like, yeah, it was very much gaslighting. She was gaslighting the family while on the interview and it annoyed the fuck out of me. Okay. So then she claims that she's not racist because she is, she, you know, she says she's Puerto Rican and Greek and Italian and English and Spanish and French. That's corny. Okay. Um, but as far as I was concerned, the pussy was talking nothing but racism um, and she even went as far as to say that the boy isn't even really 14. She said that that was actually just a claim. And I'm like, you know, that's objectifying the fuck Wait. out of black people. And she, the whole time, never once even talked about how they were black and she couldn't even say it. Okay? And she minimized the entire shit out of her, a 22-year-old woman trying to criminalize and demoralize and dehumanize a 14-year-old boy who was just trying to enjoy a trip with his father. Somehow she's seen her overreacting because she herself lost her own fucking phone. She equated that to a 14-year-old boy being racially profiled, which she couldn't understand. She couldn't get that through her skull because she is a quote-unquote woman of color, she says. (laughs) Again, again, she. what is she speaking? She's speaking Puerto Rican and Greek and Italian and English and Spanish and French. But honestly, everything but black. So that's really what matters to me. So okay. You want speaking black and I don't fuck with it. So you Period. Like, yeah, definitely profiling. Racially profiling your fucking races. It just is what it is. Like period like next bitch like and you know she go she even questions the validity of how traumatized he is because she says the family was enjoying a meal after bitch should he be traumatized and starve like the fucking plantation really jumped the fuck out because it's as if she wanted to see him eat fucking pork fats out of a fucking skillet after master fucking whooped him like are you fucking kidding me help me the fuck out What are the alternatives to being black and going through such a fucking traumatic experience as far as racial profiling if fucking move and besides moving on with your fucking day and internalizing that shit? And this is the problem because for some reason she thinks that because she lost her phone, it gave her all the fucking right. And Gail asked her, did you do that to other people in there? And she goes, no. Well, she tries to, of course, go around it and say that she was going to ask everybody in that area. It just so happens that the father got aggressive with her. Bitch, like, yes, 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 
Yes, he got fucking aggressive with your fucking passive aggressive white fucking ass because you asked this random fucking man that you seen step out of a fucking elevator and just because he had a fucking iPhone, just because his son had a fucking iPhone, you thought that it was yours? That's no, bitch, like it was racism. You were coming yeah. and you were looking for a fucking issue and you got it. And that's why he fucking dragged your dumb ass. He took you by your fucking hair and he pulled you to the fucking ground. Bitch, you look stupid. You look stupid on the video that he put up and you look fucking stupid on the fucking video that was from the hotel concierge you're just a fucking dumb white bitch i don't know what else to tell you sis that's your problem it's just really your fucking problem and it's like okay cool she was so fucking self-aware that every time she got infuriated by gail's questions she just seemed fucking aggrieved the entire time as if we were supposed to have some kind of resentment for her she's like yeah okay so i did tackle him but y'all have to see him you know, um, pulling my hair. Um, yeah, bitch. If you come and attack me, I'm going to fuck you up. I don't give a fuck who you are. I can tell you that on, you can bet your bottom fucking dollar that if any motherfucker in this world tries to fucking attack me, my dad wouldn't have had to do shit because I would have beat that bitch ass. I'm telling you. I wait for the day that a white motherfucker tries me in the streets. I don't give a fuck who you are. I wait and pray for the day. Most people pray for riches. I pray to put my fucking hands on a white person who feels that for any fucking circumstance, they can try to belittle me and embarrass me out in the fucking streets. It'll be your last fucking day walking and I can promise you, bitch, if you think you would ever do some shit like that to me. <sighs> and then she went and said that she had an interview, that she she even was mad at Gail and told her, I want to fuck, I want an interview. What is this? This isn't even a real interview. I want a real interview with an interviewer who's warm and sympathetic. Well, sorry, bitch. You got Gail King and not a white person who's going to empathize with you. And let me tell you something. Gail King sat up there and made a motherfucking grown man cry. So if R. Kelly and him fighting for his fucking life wasn't exempt, neither is your 22-year-old ass. Because you know what would have happened if I would have accused somebody out in the streets and did the shit that you did i would i would not be on the girls room podcast i would probably be in fucking muncie county fucking jail calling erica and my god baby on fucking video visitation and saying hey from behind a fucking screen while i have a phone up to my ear so i'm sorry but you know white folks are really like fucking cracker jacks because you never really know what the fuck you're going to get well bitch you know i know what you got and it's charged so you know, that's your problem. And it's like, you know, she's she's very much this. She she was like, I'm 22 and he's 14. So I'm just as much of a kid at heart as he is. No, bitch. You're a lifetime story reject. And had it not been for the abolitionists in me, I would have loved to see nothing more than to see them hit you with a fucking charge after charge like teachers hit you with a fucking question mark after question mark on a fucking assignment that you turned in. Because, bitch, I don't know what's going on in your head, but only you can fix that shit. So, yeah, peace and blessings, friend. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, I think that concludes... Um. Wow, I'm sorry, Erica. I just, uh, I'm sorry. I went the fuck in, but I told you guys I was going to go the fuck in. Yeah, um, so that's why I wasn't even like, I, but I think kind of to, I guess following, you know, this trend 
of like dumb white women um i you know we did talk about trinity <laughs> i'm sorry i'm wait i'm sorry just real quick <laughs> like i really didn't get time to digest you going off like that but i was here for it and i'm just snapping the whole time like i felt like i was at a whole poetry slam just now yes so. very much bus boys and poets um these oh my bitches, god that's my favorite it's like these bitches really just like I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm 24 years old. And to be 24 years old and just feel like you're just so tired to where as though you can't do anything but rage out at fucking racist incidents, it's sad. And it just lets you know the mind frame and the mindset that we have to fucking sit in every fucking day. I'm so tired of being microaggressed. I'm so tired of seeing 14-year-olds, make first of all, on public TV, having their fucking age questioned because they may have a, a, a bit of a different physique than what you had at 14 um somehow his 14 year oldness and his innocence becomes less valid than yours because you're this scrawny little white woman girl fuck you but you know what this reminds me of it's kind of like how they like you know mature black children um, exactly way faster than they should it made me think of and like you know rest in peace to both of them it makes me think very much of tamir rice and ayana stanley absolutely Um, how they were perceived to be older because they were black children black children have always 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 been like perceived older than they really are which i really don't get because they both look young and shit so i don't know how you could have mistake mistake mistook um time here for 20 when Absolutely. he was 12 years old and shout out to but black yeah. lives matter philly for doing that work around ayana's dreams snap 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 period <laughs> but yeah no um i definitely hope that she gets like penalized for that I, I really do wish she gets thrown in jail for that shit and i do wish healing um for that black boy that little blue, you know, the black boy that was attacked. Absolutely. Um, I just want him to get some Because nobody deserves that. Yeah, he does deserve therapy. Mm-hmm. Everybody deserves therapy. That's something that we did touch on before. Um, but definitely him. Because um, I know that can be um, a really traumatic experience and he should get that dealt with. Because that is wild. I can't even imagine being attacked like that by, by a white woman. By, you know, by anybody in general. But a white woman and just kind of just being ostracized like that. Like, no, it's not really good. Um, our, you know, our black children deserve more than that. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I pray for his healing. I pray for his mental well being. I so. agree. I but um agree. but following the trend of dumb white women, we do have Trinity Tuck on the docket right now. Um this I'm not bitch. sure I'm not sure if a lot of you are familiar or listen, you know, or watch um RuPaul's drag race. Um that's a pastime for me. Um Rashida now, um, our mother, um watch <laughs> which is interesting. Watching RuPaul's drag race, Trinity the Tuck, um is um the winner uh one of the winners of all stars four um she was known as a prominent queen who has done questionable things in the past there's controversy because she's been going on reddit and has been trolling queens um specifically black queens um by saying you know by invalidating you know their talent and saying that they shouldn't have won certain things uh, I'm not sure if many people are familiar with Trinity the Tuck. However, um, like I will say, I'm not a fan of Trinity the Tuck. I think she's very condescending, and I think she has no reason to be. And she shouldn't have a superiority complex um, in the least bit. Um, her ass looks fake because it fucking is. As a matter of fact, yeah. her whole body, everything about her looks fake. Um, <sighs> but what were, you about to, what were you about to say some Rashi? I just think it's something to... You know, when somebody asks you if this is your account, right, on Twitter, and then you actually go and say, yeah, this is my account. (laughs) And then when people actually look up the comments and stuff that the account has made, and it seems as though you have, A, disguised yourself as a black person, 
B, then disguise yourself as a trans woman, um, and then C, ooh, excuse me, and then C, use it as an opportunity to defend yourself at all costs. Um, and even throw dirt on the names of other, of, of, of not other black queens, because you're not black, but black queens such as um, Monet Exchange and Monique Hart. Latrice um, Royale. Yeah, and saying Even though she's tired. But okay, you know, well, who? Latrice Royale. Uh, she just wasn't my favorite in the most recent season. Um, but she I do think that Latrice Royale is a gem, and she has brought so much to the black <sighs> community. Um... I think sometimes it's just the pageantness. I I'm not. I guess I'm not a fan of pageant drag. You know, I'm not a fan of pageant drag. But I think what killed me with Latrice, and again, we're quick standing, but I just want to say this: when it was the Lala Perusa, and she went against Monique Hart, okay. and Monique did her wig reveal, and then Latrice did hers, and it was that tire ass ponytail with the flip. <laughs> I was like, wait, we're in twenty. I'm like, wait, I was like, what? Like- I was like, wait, like we a little it's bit too old for this. Was it was it twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? Either way, I'm like, you're wilding for me, like in that tire as Leah. So I was like, no, I'm not doing this for real, for real. So, oh my god, I but like, but that. my sis Monique ate that, so I don't care. But I'm just saying that really, that really took it away from me. Also, just the hater and shit that Latrice was doing. I'm like, you, you didn't do good at All Star. You can't, you can't say All Stars one didn't happen. Like you can't. But yeah, what I you think that Latrice had came in with this with this air about her feeling that because it was her third time back to the show that she she had no doubt um, had like one hundred percent chances of winning, um, and because people have this like love and desire um, to see her perform, but also like Manila was back on that season as well, and like the same love that people had for you, they they had for Manila, and I really thought. I, in my hearts of hearts, really thought that Manila was going to win that season. Naomi did some wild shit. That was really, that was, that was a gag. That was a gag. But she, uh, you know, Naomi really snapped. Naomi played the game how she was supposed to play the game. Because I think that the girls have this idea that they want to send home the weakest girls. And I'm like, no, you're supposed to send home the competition. Um, which is why even in last season of All Stars of All Stars, I would not have been surprised if the girls did send home Shay. Um, of course, luckily our bitch won, but I would have understood because it's a competition and you get the best bitch out first. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but again, back to um the topic at hand. You know, she says that it wasn't her, but the account was deleted as soon as the rumors had surfaced. So it's like, how ironic is it that you, A, again, I mean, that you first, of course, say that it is you, and then they find all of this, like, incriminating shit about you, and then as soon as you realize that, I mean, as soon as, like, you know, your brand starts to come down because of it, um, you get the comments deleted. Now, let me also just say that the things that she was defending herself with, um was about, like, you know, of course, challenges that she feel like she won that other people didn't win, and she was like, you know, I deserved, you know, you know, she was saying shit like, you know, Trinity deserved to win that, and the other girls, you know, just because you get frantic on the stage and, you know, you 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 get all wild across the stage doesn't mean that you're lip-syncing, and I agree with that. However, I just don't think that you're a good lip-sync performer, boo. Um, you're very mediocre. Most of the white women on that show are very mediocre, and they all are images of, splitting images of each other. Other. Um, there are very few women, very few white women on that show who have a different, um, who have a niche and unique, 
you know, drag persona. Um, the rest of them, like Trinity the Tuck, Sasha Valor, um, Pheromone, they all give me the same thing. They all try to give this like white, glamorous white woman, um, with a sprinkle of like humor in it. And it just doesn't work. Like, because it seems like I'm seeing the same thing, you know? Yeah, you're not wrong. Definitely not wrong. Um, and I guess my, like, underlying thoughts on it is just that, like, there is racism in the drag community. Oh, for sure. And all of these black queens tell us time after time how many death threats and slurs they're called by drag race fans and how shows don't pay them the same amount that they're paying the white queens. Even the winner, even the black winners aren't getting paid as much as the white queens who didn't win. Um, And the white queens are just allowed to show up in pantsuits and shortcuts and win the crown. Um, But the black queens are expected to pull out all the fucking stops to even just win a fucking mini challenge. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen that with, of course, Monet Exchange and her pussycat wigs and everybody, you know, basically saying her drag was, like, value city, basically, for the most part. Yes. Um, And, like, other queens are able to do that. White queens are able to do that with no problem. Mm-hmm. But just as for yeah, but, like, the recognition on social media, and I've definitely seen a lot, because I do follow a lot of drag queens because I'm, like, I'm, like, unfortunately a huge fan now. Rashi definitely got me addicted to drag race. Um... I yes. didn't anticipate this at all. Yes, yes, um, but yeah, yeah, like I've seen a lot of slurs underneath like Bob the Drag Queen's page, which is really insane because Bob, first of all, Bob is extremely intelligent. Bob has a lot of talent, stage presence is out of his world. And I'm just like, the fact that he's like not, he, um, wait, what queen is it? There's a queen out there who has no talent and they have more followers than him and they get paid more. And we were, they were talking <laughs> about them. that a world of wonder, but I know it was just one specific and I'm like, didn't you get voted out within the first two episodes? So I'm just like, yeah, no, definitely a lot of racism in the drag race fan base and it's appalling. But either way, Trinity the Tuck should be condemned, especially since she's already, you know, putting people's lives in danger by holding these crowded shows in the midst of a pandemic. And I heard that a lot of her shows don't ha- aren't required to wear masks. Um, so, yeah. And then also just, can we just, like, just really briefly, like, aside from just racism, we all know that fat phobia is also a side effect of colonialism and racism course, and anti, anti-blackness. Like, they're just fat phobic as fuck, too. Um, and I'm just so... I was so... I think this is when it kicked in for me was when, you know, Silky was competing. And I know some people do say that Silky is a little bit messy and a little bit, like, you know, less polished than the other girls. But it was Ru- the ashy knees for me. <laughs> but when RuPaul told her that she could find better padding, I was very annoyed. Um, because Silky is very much built differently than the other queens and the other fat girls that we've seen on the show. Yeah. Um, and like much of the other big girls who were on the show were much taller than Silky was. Mm-hmm. So it speaks to how her body is shaped, right? We all have different bodies and we should all love our bodies. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I love that Silky, like, you know, is confident in who she is and uses her drag persona to make sure that people know she doesn't give a fuck. Um, but Rue will never understand how violent those statements were for him to give that critique in front of the world rather than, like, maybe pulling her to the side because I do think that sometimes some things are better to just say to the participants on their own rather than um, trying to, like, you know, give them this, you know, 
shorthand embarrassing because it was embarrassing. It was, and you can see it in Sophie's face when it happened. Um, but he doesn't ever have to understand that because you know the only fat thing on him is that fucking party city wig he wears every runway. Um, but yeah, yeah. As far as it goes for what's that bitch's name? Trinity the um taint. What's her name? Yeah. Um, That's Trinity it. the taint. Yeah. Your lips look like a pussy, and I get I can't get past it. <laughs> like I can't get past it. Just go back to your doctor, sweetie. <laughs> That's it. I don't have anything for that bitch. Um, but you know, next up on the docket, um, Cardi B is going to be in her first leading role, and I guess I'm excited to see that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, I don't know. So, I was looking forward to it, and then I, like, read up on the synopsis of it, and I'm kind of, like, not impressed like that. Okay. So, like, so it's a, yeah, so it's a comedy movie. It's going to be called Assisted Living, where she'll be playing, like, a small-time, like, theft, like, you know, crook or whatever. Like, she was stealing shit. Um, And she's hiding from police, and she's hiding from people from her past life. Um, and she decides to do that by hiding in her grandmother's nursing facility, um, <laughs> a nursing home facility, which is where the title assisted living comes from. So, you know, she, I, I believe she's going to be cloaked as an older woman. Um, and me personally, like, I'm just not really a fan of people like dressing up as other people. Like it, I'm like, you know, like the shit, like big mama's house, Oh, or, like, or like, or like, yeah, 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 like that. I'm just really not a fan of that type of comedy. I'm not sure if, if that makes me like corny or what, but it's just I've never been a fan. Only time I let it slide was like with um, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and that's just the only one for real, for real. But like, yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I mean, a lot of people know I'm not the hugest fan of Cardi, like her music specifically. Um, I think she, I, I really admire her hustle. Mm-hmm. And how she came from being like a you know, um, she was she was a stripper, right? a stripper, and she was like hype, you know, she was on Instagram and she kind of climbed those ladders. But yeah, I'm happy for her. not really looking forward to it. But I again could be wrong. She had some acting potential based off of what she did in Hustlers. Did you see Hustlers? Um, did I see? Yes, I did. With J-Lo? I did see Where they fucking ripped off, like, this, you know, the sex worker story? I did. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, she had, yeah, she had a very small minor role in that, and apparently she's also supposed to be, like, the Fast and Furious series. That's, like, F9, F10, F11. That's, that seemed like, I could see that. Child, yeah, but, like, you know, only, like, small parts. Um, But I guess I am genuinely interested in seeing what this does for her as an overall just like global the global you know she is becoming a global icon um even if i have neutral feelings towards her because again um her music isn't my favorite but i am i'm happy for her success but as you know a person and a personality in this industry i'm just neutral about her um i think that sometimes she could benefit like i said with these other rap girl she could definitely benefit from a better pr person um but for the most part she's okay she has a past of course of like some very unflattering comments but that's my expectation from anyone from the hood because as a person from the hood um still living in the hood still interacting with people from the hood like that's just the culture like they just say shit and 
they just don't understand the harm that some of their words bring and it doesn't absolve them from that accountability, which is why it's important to bring those things up when it happens. But I don't expect that much grace, you know, as far as comments from her. I expect her to be that, like she tells you, she's that bitch from the hood and that's who she is. She's not changing for people and I feel it. But sometimes you do need to change some things up, boo. Um... But I think that this role is very much up her alley. Again, she's from the hood. She has a boisterous personality. And overall, she is funny and relatable girl to a lot of people. Um, and like you said, her success story is just one that's unmatched. Um, seeing her just go from, you know, the quote-unquote stereotypical hoe to, you know, being up in, you know, magazines like Ebony and um, Vogue and shit like that. You know, it has been a beautiful thing to witness. And I am happy for anybody that's out here getting it. And, you know, I just want her to leave that husband of hers. But other than that, I'm excited to see it. I think that this, I, 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 I mean, excited is a bit of an overextension of, you know, my, I guess, slight eagerness to see it. But I would like to see the film. Um, and not to just sit there and critique it and take it apart, but because I do honestly think that that is a role that fits her. Um... Yeah, and that that's pretty much all I have on that. I don't know if you have any more sentiments on it. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any more sentiments on it. All I can really say is that I do kind of miss going to the movies and eating nachos, but that's about it. <sighs> yes. That's all I wanted to say. Absolutely. I just I just thought of, when you were saying it, I was thinking about the nachos that I used to have in the theater when I would go. But, you know, we can't have what we want, you know, so. But, yeah, so, um, on this week's episode of The Sad Street Boys, a.k.a. White Men Doing What They Do Best, which is culture vulturing, um, where the trademarks reside, Erica? <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... You know, of course, in, like, the viral clip that we see where the money reside, um, it, I, to, to, I'm going right, to keep it a straight beam with y'all. Like, I mean, I only saw the drone once. I'm not sure why it happened, why the Where the Money Resign video happened. I don't know what did it. However, what I did see um, was the white man's rendition of it when he's trying to sell cars and he pops out the back of the trunk. <laughs> it's... it's oh. Did he have a burgundy suit on? Am I wait? I'm trying to think. Was it a burgundy suit? It was a burgundy suit. It was really mm-hmm. distasteful, and it just seemed really offbeat. Um, and it was just like, wow, you're really dick eating. That's crazy. Like that's really the first thing I thought of. It gave because I'm nothing. like, it gave nothing, and it did not make me want to buy the fucking car. Mm-hmm. It didn't make me think he was a cooler person. It just made me feel like, oh, okay, you watch social media, you look at social media. You know what's hit, but, like, be original, you know? They're never original when they take shit. Like, you're supposed to take somebody's shit and maybe flip it to be your own, but, like, and that's you know, real. It, was, it, didn't, it didn't give it for me. Mm-hmm, and it just, it, overall, it really just gave me Ku Klux, Ku Klux Klan meeting on a Sunday morning, on a first Sunday. Really? Um, Not a first That's Sunday. what the outfit was giving me, first of all. It was like he was a proud boy in his own, in his own right. In a <laughs> Um... And I just, like, okay, so, you know, it happened. And, you know, Relly B, that's the person who did the, um, that's the man who did the um, original Where the Money Reside video at. He put on his good Karen wig, honey. And he said he is having his team remove this video. 
Um, and showed us receipts for the trademarks. Okay, so he said where the money reside is trademarked, like Beyonce's eldest daughter. Okay, daughters. Um, so yes, where the residuals reside. Um, I love it. But overall, yeah, the video was just it was just uncomfortable. Like, I don't I don't know how you can be both off tune and off like off beat in both tune and rhythm. Um, like you are both tone deaf, I guess, and uh, just again lack you know rhythm. So it was definitely uneasy to watch. Um, I feel like he is now my new sleep demon, and I just... I Can guess, you imagine? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> girl, where the nightmares reside. I'm going to have to go get my fucking... Oh, girl, I'm going to have to go get me an urn to trap his ass, honey. That's anything. <laughs> like, you're saying anything. <laughs> but that's real, to be honest. Like, I don't even know what the fuck to say about the boy. Um... Yeah. What's next, boo? <laughs> okay, another sad street boy. So I'm not sure if you guys. Well, hopefully you guys do, and you guys should. Ahmad Arbery. Um, you know he was shot. Uh, by it was he was attacked by three white men. Um, uh, one of his one of the people that was you know a part of the shooting. Um, his name was William Bryan, is requesting to be released on humanitarian grounds due to his high blood pressure. Um. So it's going to be a no for me because I don't really understand how people could possibly feel like they should be pardoned for health, things like that. And you took a life. Um, the argument that his lawyer is making that because he was the person that videotaped the attack and like, which in turn kind of gave it a publicity, I guess you could say he should be coined as a bet as, you know, as a good guy, the situation, and he should be granted this, you know, that whatever, you know, of him being released because he was the least aggressive. Um, it's very troubling to hear that because again, it really speaks to white entitlement, even, you know, the worst circumstances. Um, or she, I hear you're breathing. Are you okay? Over yeah. Um, okay. I'm good. And I think as well, it just speaks to like, remember, remember last week I was making that I was kind of, I guess, trying to debunk, um, and overall just kind of show disdain for how much people were trying to play, you know, superior, like, you know, they were trying to play thesaurus and trying to play dictionary, um, online when they were bringing up like specific terms mm -hmm. and what each term means and why we should be calling it this instead of that. Um, and it shows that again, no matter what you call the white power or white privilege is exuding, it is exuding and it is here. So now what? Um, so yeah. So like, it's like, while we were sitting here arguing about whether we should call it white power or white privilege or white entitlement, um, he was getting his dietary needs met. <laughs> um, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, and as far as I'm concerned, I really don't care. I don't have much to say about it because, again, it doesn't matter what the fuck we say at this point. And I am very tired of talking about these motherfuckers. Um, but fuck a slap on the wrist, slap some salt in that nigga's diet and get back to me. Please. Like, just send these niggas to, to hell, hell. Period. Like, I, I don't have the time. I don't have the cooth. Um, and I no longer have the resistance to be kind to motherfuckers who are just overall nasty individuals to my people. I'm good. I really don't. I have no desire to have the capacity to be with them or break bread or community with them. I'm good. Um, 
I'm going to have to agree with Rashid on this. Just slap salt in his diet. Because for real, for real, when I had my preeclampsia and I had high blood pressure, I couldn't really get the help I needed. So why the fuck should he? Period. Definitely slap salt in that fucking diet. And he, he should ride in jail with the rest of those motherfuckers. And I guess that, um, I guess that can relate to, um, I don't know his name and I don't really care to know his name. Maybe you do, but the Horn Capital guy that also got his requested diet plan, um, you know, it was like a, he had like a three day hunger strike, um, that was granted. So he was granted the right to an organic diet at the detention facility. Um, you know more about that? Or is like that it? <laughs> no, like yeah. I mean, they really didn't put that much. In, they didn't put that much information out there about him. His name is Jacob Anthony Chansley, um, but he was yeah. But he was granted an organic diet. Um, he was one of the people that did storm the Capitol. The people that the person that we oftentimes, you know, think of when we see the pictures and the videos of the you know them storming the Capitol building. He had the horns on his head, and I believe he had body paint on. Maybe for, I don't know, maybe I'm like, I'm taking it from somewhere else in my head. But yeah, he asked for an organic diet. And when I read up on it, there was no reason why he requested an organic diet, but it was granted. They didn't ask any questions, um, which is very troubling for me because I feel like once you're taken into custody um, at detention facilities, jails, ain't prisons, anywhere, I really feel like you, not saying you don't, you deserve to get your rights taken from you like that. But if you don't really have a reason for an organic diet, why is he being granted one? Right. Um, and like and like you said before, just like white power as a whole is definitely pushing through right now. And I'm not, well, I do understand why, but again, very disheartening to know. Yeah. Um. <sighs> Especially when you disrespect, it's like you storm the Capitol and you're getting shit given to you like that. And it's like a, Isn't it? That's a huge offense. It's just like a hunger strike girl for three days. Like that looks like that would be very on brand from him, given he was wearing horns. <laughs> Mahatma Gandhi is honestly just like shaking. Like his perverted corpse is shaking right now. My God. Um, Azalea Banks, girl, time to wake him up. Come ask him how he feels about this. <laughs> um, for real, because it's like a three day hunger strike. If that got you what you wanted. All right. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, what else? Are you, you have anything else to say about it? Because again, I am just very tired. I really just don't have the capacity to talk about them specifically anymore today. I feel like they have been taking up most of our mainstream media time, and I, I am looking to do nothing more than to just move the fuck on. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't really have that much to say. About it, I'm just disgusted. Um, it just disgusts with this whole thing with all of these white men and their special requests and them being granted or like you know considering being granted. Not a fan of it. Um, but I do kind of want to bring something up. Um, that we didn't have in the lineup, and it's just gonna be something very short. Um, I'm not really sure if many of you know. Um, of course, well, I'm sure you do because you did follow you follow Rashid and. And you listen to this because you follow Rashid, most likely. Rashid got a mural um, put up on him, you know, of him, uh, you know, in downtown Philadelphia with the street department because he made such a huge change in, you know, voting outreach. And I just kind of want to just give him props and just say how proud I am. And, you know, just like, the, you know, the you know, the past year, he's been so amazing. 
And I just want to be like, I love him so much. I love Rashid. And I'm really happy that these things are happening for him because he does deserve it. Oh, Sissy, that is so sweet. I really appreciate it. Um, Again, yeah, I, I really do appreciate it. Um, You know, the work sometimes is... It's very tiresome. Sometimes it's very exhausting. Um, it, sometimes it just feels like you really don't have any time to yourself. Um, but moments like that, moments of joy, really just make it worth it. Um, I celebrated yesterday just by um, spending the day, to be honest, with Erica and my godbaby and my um, chosen mama, to be honest. Um, and, you know, being with them makes it worth it. Um, seeing other folks just get the things that they need make it worth it. Um, and I do not look for praise in this work, um, but I appreciate it, but I always give that praise right back. Um, as much work as I'm doing, you guys are also doing, and I don't want you to discredit or minimize your efforts. I want everybody to see their work and to see, you know what I'm saying, their growth, their healing, um, and their joy as an accomplishment and see it as something that is invaluable to our communities. Um, so thank you, boo. I really appreciate you for bringing that up. Um, and I love you back. I do, I do, I do. And you know it. Um, and we show it all the time. Um, and shout out to Simone. Shout out to, um, the streets department. Well, shout out to at streets department, Conrad. Um, shout out to the mural arts program. Yeah. The mural arts program. And shout out to, what's the last name? I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting one more name. Um, Tisha. Shout out to Tisha. So Tisha and Simone were both the two co-creators. And the piece is actually called We Did That. Um, and again, it is an ode to the black and brown organizers who, you know, bring this, you know, who make the community what it is and bring the community um, together through their works, um, through their Instagram feeds, through their just existence like that's their sole purpose is just to help and just to make sure people got what they need um so yeah we absolutely did fucking do that and i really do appreciate y'all for it um and shout out to the other folks who were listed on the um mural like samantha rise she always does amazing work love her so much um and yeah so we are about to move into our main discussion which is going to be on sex toys and masturbation. Um, I know that a lot of folks listen to this in passing, and I know a lot of folks may be listening to this at work or may want to get up and go do something. Um, so I give you this opportunity to just get up for a minute, maybe just stretch, um, you know, get a drink of water, and come back to us, okay? So see y'all in a few. Hey, you guys. Um, yeah, so we're back. Um, and just as we promised, we're going to talk about our main topic, which is masturbation and sex toys and the stigma around both of those. Um, so I guess we should probably start off with, uh, like, what is masturbation for real, for real? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, um, so first and foremost, masturbation is just stimulation of genitals. So, like, your vagina, your penis, however you identify it. You're stimulating that with your hands for pleasure. Um, I know a lot of people do feel like masturbation is just has to be solo. However, it's not. Um, which is why I didn't say anything about it being solo play in there. Um, but it can be like auto, auto sexual for the most part. Mm-hmm. So how does it differ from sex? Do you want to talk about it, Rashi? Or 
Um, yeah, sure, I guess. Um, well, you know, sex, of course, involves the intimacy of two or more people. So when we say intimacy, what does that mean? It means that you're touching and there's some kind of like physical contact um, in that regard, in that respect. Um, whereas, again, masturbation is a solo act. So you're actually like touching yourself specifically with your hands um, to stimulate your genitalia. Um, but, you know... There, there gets to be blurred lines. So there's these things, there's this thing called mutual masturbation um, where folks might use toys and fingers and hands to stimulate the other partner's genitals for them. Um, but mutual, mutual masturbation can also be just masturbation in the same setting without hands-on action. Um, and sometimes one party watches the other. Sometimes they do it together. It really depends on the party um, engaging in it. And of course, like just like sex, it doesn't have to be just two people. It can be like a group of people. Um, if that's what you're into, I live for it. Go off. I mean, I've never done it myself, um, but <laughs> I'm here for it. Go off, girl. Like, you know, what, what the fuck does Natasha Bedingfield say? Ready, show inhibitions. I guess you know the- it's sad because I was like <laughs> I was thinking another line, but that's def- that's definitely perfect. I was definitely gonna say fill the nut with your skin, but <laughs> okay, but also yeah, but fill it like but tea. So like yeah, <laughs> so like to that Twinkie or toaster shrew conversation we were having. I mean, you know, I've been at Twinkie in many settings. That's we know why Shiloh's here now. Oh so. God, yes, um, a blessing. Blessing. Hopefully, sex wasn't a blessing. (sighs) That was bad sex that day. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, I'm a huge fan of masturbation. I mean, personally. um, I mean, I really never really got into mutual masturbation like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I've never really... Yeah, I just always felt really awkward about it, personally. I don't like people just watching me while I'm in my own zone, which is really weird because, you know, I have people watch me during sex, so... I don't really know why it's so different for me, but... Um, masturbation is really a good thing. I think it's really an act of self-care, personally. Um, and I think that it's always important to love on yourself and for you to just really feel like, understand that you can have pleasure without another person being there. Absolutely. Um, so, like, definitely, I'm, I'm always pro-love on yourself. I know Rashid is, too. Um, so, I know in the past, like, when I was younger, I kind of always felt really dirty about the concept of masturbation. Um... I'm not really sure where it came from, mm-hmm. um, but I I have some I have some sneaking suspicion that it perhaps came from the religious input that was put into my house. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. I just because you know. Um, but then again, you know, mom never talked about sex. Um, mm-hmm. it was a very which is very odd because she always talked about everything else. Um, even drug use, always transparent about everything. Um, but. Um, we never really, you know, dove into that, but of course I found out by myself because that's what, that's what kids do. Kids explore. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I've been on, like this. yeah, I've been, um, I've been pro masturbation for quite a few years now. Um, I think everybody should be the same. I do. I, I am looking forward to actually having, um, talks about masturbation with Shiloh at some point. Cause I feel like it is important to have talks like that, you know, just kind of surrounding and normalizing things like masturbation, um, to your children. I'm at a young age, so they don't feel shameful about it. Because mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with, you know, um, you know, engaging in those activities at all. Absolutely. Um, I think that what you said as far as religion, um, 
I absolutely agree and accept that. Um, because, you know, there are these, of course, harmful stigmas and shames that surround it. Uh, and I think that religion, with the backing and its propaganda presented in media, um, starting at very early years, like, you know, when television first started up until not too long ago, was it really just like this taboo thing on TV to even mention sex, right? Um, and if there was a sexual joke made, it was usually from the man. Um, and, you know, it was, it was you know, I guess, a de- degrading to a woman. You know, the joke involved a woman and her physicality. Um, but to talk about the actual act itself, um, was taboo. So speaking about masturbation was absolutely not on anybody's list. Um, and I really do think about those old TV shows, um, that didn't speak about sex. And it's like you said, when you don't talk about it and when you don't hear it, what does that do? That makes you think that there is something wrong with it. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, it's like, you know, that example that, you know, people always use, so whether it's a disabled person or whether it's a person of color, you know, you have the child who asks a question about um, skin color or about disability. Um, and rather than their parent confronting that issue and confronting, well, it's not an issue, but confronting that topic um, and confronting those questions about identity, they run away from it and they make it seem like the child has done something wrong. So they then begin, the child then begins to grow into this idea and this mindset that it is wrong. Um, and I think that's what a lot of us just really came up under, especially like us, those of us who were born, of course, before like the 2000s, because now it is way more modernized to have those conversations. Like, I mean, a lot of these, you know, um, you know, at a late age, we did come up under Degrassi, but you know, Degrassi was a Canadian television show. So it still was very much different. It was a very much different, um, you know, source of media than United States, um, media, um, yeah, and then I will also just have to just add to that um, lack of sexual health education in schools. Um, yeah, because I really just think that they're not teaching young children about their bodies, and I think that that is very no. harmful in itself. Yeah, sex education when it comes, you know, when it comes to adolescence is definitely troubling. Um, and I'm not sure if I said this before, but like I pre- I'm pretty much sure I did. So if I did say it before, my apologies. Um, yeah, like, when it came to health education, specifically sex education, we really did skip over sex ed. You know, we were talking about the endocrine system. We skipped, we was just like, yeah, some people get pregnant, and then we were on to the cardiovascular system. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, but but even, like, I know I have other friends that had sex education class, you know, classes and courses in their schools, and, um, you know, they always opt out of just, like, personal pleasure. Um, but, you know, it is a double standard, I feel like, because... You know, when I was younger, I heard about masturbation with guys. It was always like, it just seemed grotesque and it seemed barbaric. But then, you know, you had on the other side of the spectrum, you have women. And it was like, well, women aren't really supposed to be sexual beings for the Mm -hmm. most part. So it's like, why would they even think to have sex? Or why would they even think to be sexual or just be turned on as a whole? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think like when I thought of masturbation when I was younger, I kind of just was like, okay, well, people who masturbate are losers because that means they don't have anybody to be with. So, like, 
and I'm not sure. Yeah, and of, and of course, definitely now that I'm older, I know that I was wrong for thinking that. Because it's like, the mas- you know, just having a partner has nothing to do with why you masturbate or not. Because you can be in, like, loving and healthy relationships with people, with a person or multiple people and still, like, you know, go into masturbation. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when I was younger, I definitely thought that perhaps, you know, me opting to be into masturbation, I'm an incel. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, you know, involuntarily celibate. Absolutely. Um, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and it's like you said, like like we, we reiterated earlier, it's just the whole idea. If in school, specifically, you are being taught to avoid your body, <laughs> like that's what the message sends off. That's what you're going to do. So people develop this fear of their body. And I think that's where a lot of this dysmorphia comes from because we aren't sure of how to look at ourselves, right? Um, so imagine touching on yourself, right? Like imagine how fearful people must be of that to become one with the thing that they're told to essentially run away from. Um, Cause I remember in school and I remember in health class, like learning about, well, first of all, health class wasn't really like all that cracked up to be what it was anyway. And I don't remember doing that much like, you know, health conversation anyway. It was more so teachers just giving us a book and being like, here, do this. And that was it. Um, um, usually because of lack of budgeting. Shout out to the school district of Philadelphia. But um, <laughs> but it, I, I usually remember hearing about like tobacco and drugs, like alcohol and what the environment can do for you. Um, but never really actually, even I remember even like peer pressure conversations, right? In health class. But I don't remember anything that actually equated to sexual acts. Um, and so that really did lead you to like make your own little assumptions. And so one of those harmful stigmas that did come in younger ages for a lot of us was like Erica said, was that idea that masturbating was for virgins, specifically on the male side. Right. Um, and like, it's like, woo, but it's just like, honey, like, I know I'm certainly no virgin and like Dick is always on the clock if I want it to be. Um, but sometimes really a bitch just really wants to be one with himself, you know? Um, masturbation really is the bee's knees and it is a roller coaster of amazing emotions and experiences that, you know, one who doesn't masturbate will never understand until they put that hand or those toys to work, honey. Um, (laughs) um... (laughs) And it's like you said, it's just like when you're younger, you really just kind of feel like people who have sex toys or people who have or who masturbate really like what's the point of it when you can get the real thing, right? Yeah. Um, But what people don't teach you is the real thing doesn't always hit your pleasure spots. And that's okay, right? Um, because as long as you understand what it is you like, you are able to then teach other folks who you are engaging with, you know, sex in how to please you. Um, and on the contrary, they can do the same to you. Sex is supposed to be an enjoyable thing. Um, masturbation is an enjoyable thing. So sex is supposed to definitely be an enjoyable thing if it's an act between two people, right? Um, and we just don't find many people getting that pleasure out of sex as they would hope to. Um, and masturbation really is that sexual, like, awakening and exploration that you really, really just need. Yeah, like, you know, like, sex toys, girl, like, sex toys. Like, Erica, I want to know what were your thoughts on sex toys when you were younger? Um, you know, like, and like, maybe, you know, 
like where you got those thoughts from. And of course, we talked about upbringing a little bit, but like focusing in on sex toys specifically, because um, it does contribute to masturbation. What was your upbringing like, even with your peers, right? Um, how did y'all feel about it? And like, you know what I'm saying? Of course, versus to how you feel about it now. Um, okay, cool. So, like, growing up, I was, like, okay, so, I lost my virginity very later on in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't lose it to, like, my sophomore year of college. You know, you, Bitch, like, I, I envy you. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but, okay. <laughs> Just a terrible person. But, um, yeah, I lost it during, you know, I lost it during college. Um, prior to that, I really wasn't a sexual person. Um... I don't, yeah, so I really, I really wasn't thinking about sex when it came to sex toys and stuff like that. I didn't, I mean, like, my friends in high school were definitely having sex, and they started having sex in middle school. Um, so I didn't really engage in those conversations with them, because I never could relate to them. Um, I didn't start to, you know, of course, get my sexual awakening until, like, after, um, you know, I had sex, which is very, um, backwards from what I'm understanding for people. People usually had the sexual awakening, and then they lose their virginity or whatever. Um... I don't really know. I really... So, yeah. So, I didn't really have any specific thoughts about sex toys. I just do with something very taboo. Um, I didn't know anybody that had them. They weren't easy... Like, it wasn't a lot of sites out there that made it easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew... Yeah. So, I had I had limited knowledge. Um, I remember the first time I got a sex toy. I went on Adam and Eve. I think I was probably about 22. Okay. I got out of college. Um... And it was a bully. It was a Ooh, bully. Oh, like the small joints that you just put up there and just like control, right? It, yeah, it was a bully. Ooh. And it didn't do anything. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, like this. Wait, no, this is the gag. It didn't do anything for me. <gasps> and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, who the fuck is this? Because every time I'm doing research and every, you know, all the websites would be like, yeah, bullets are the go to, bullets are the go to. And I'm like, it's not working. I don't understand. Like, it just, like, I don't know. Like, even to this day, bullets don't help me at all. Like, I just don't like them. Um, and then I'm like, okay, like, let me do some more research. And again, like I said, nobody um, around that time was really playing with toys. Um, you know, I've had the same probably two or three friends for years. Like, you know, I have Danny. I have, I have Kyla. And these people aren't hypersexual people. And they don't really do all that stuff either. Um, so I didn't really have anybody to talk to. So of course I turned to the web and I turned to like, you know, I turned to Google. Um, and I turned to the, yeah, I turned to Adam and Eve because I'm like, who else am I going to talk to about this shit? Um, yes, yeah, so I, I got the bullet, the bullet didn't work. And then I got this, I got, <laughs> I got this nine inch blue jelly dildo. Oh. And I was like, this is okay, but also, like, I'm not really feeling it like that. So, I'm still kind of, like, at this point where I'm, like, I'm not understanding my body. Um, and also, like, it did, it, did, it took me a while to really understand my body and what works for me. Um, and I think that's the good thing about masturbation, whether it's with your hands or with toys. Um, you know, you can explore your body and you can grow with your body to figure out what it is that you like. And you're able to communicate that with partners, just like Rashid said. Um... But yeah, yeah, I didn't have, I really didn't have any thoughts about sex toys. I thought that they were amazing things. I just didn't know how, like, what I liked. I didn't know what worked for me. I didn't know my body because the first, you know, sexual experience I had, it was really like touch and go. It was probably a one minute ordeal. Um, and honestly, every sexual experience I had, even after that, probably up until like a few years ago, were like, like five minutes and lower. 
Okay. Um. So, yeah. I mean, it took yeah. So it took me like fifty years to figure out what toys really worked for me. But you know, clitoral simulation is my thing. So well, like, that's I like do rabbits. Bit, though, right? That's the like, yeah. I, that's why I think everybody should masturbate. I really do. Because like I really think joy. people should learn. Yes. Yeah, it's like the joy of just like figuring it out and understanding that like this may not like I'm gonna tell y'all something like regular like I know that there are a lot of um like I'm queer so there are queer folks of course and you know they make content and you know things like that well and sometimes the content that I'm gonna be clear about something. I want people to realize that sometimes the content that people create is not necessarily because it's their um, twist, but again, they're appealing to an audience and audiences want to see certain things. So um, I do know that some folks that I know um, who are queer have experience with dildos and they love them. Um, dildos like specifically do nothing for me. Um, I'm not, uh, overall, I'm really not a penetrative person specifically like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? It, it, like, it's cool. Absolutely. And like, sometimes of course you have that urge where you want to do it, but I'm not that girl. I really don't care that much whether I have it or not. Um, I give it up because like, that's usually what the partner wants or whatever. And like, you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't cause me any kind of type of pain or discomfort. Um, well, at least at least not after, you know, after it works itself out in there and some muscles are stretched. But, um, <laughs> but, um, I am very much a, like, sensation person. Um, yeah. touches and different feelings like that for me and different textures, um, different temperatures and stuff like that are what drives me. Um, and I will say that, you know, prostate massagers are definitely where it's at because you know they get to the nitty-gritty like that's the thing and again it's about like you know what do toys do and what does masturbating do that you know another human can't do for you right um so it's not replacing people but it's this idea of understanding that you have certain needs and it's more so like you're making a Hmm. It's like you're making a commitment to yourself to make sure that you know you're not going to go without these pleasurable things in your life, right? Um, and so I would have to say for me specifically, um, like I said, they don't necessarily teach you what to, they don't really teach you so much about what you do and don't like um, in school um, or just overall with conversations with your parents. So you start oh, to... Yeah, so, you know, you um you have to, like, gain that experience on your own to start to understand what feels good to you and what doesn't. Um, and then, you know, as a child, I really, me, myself, and I've had this conversation with other folks, but Erica, if I, please let me know if this, is, if this was your thinking as well. I think that everybody thought that the most common sex toy and probably the only sex toy that existed when we were younger was dildos. Oh, yeah. No, that's... Yeah, I'm gonna say that's accurate. No, <laughs> actually, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry, and this is definitely like really weird. I had a friend in um, middle school who was using her mom's electric razor. I'm sorry, what? She was using her mom's electric razor um, as a vibrator. So, um, <gasps> so I knew. You mean like the cell phone? What? Like no, a, no, like a literal <laughs> razor. Electric razor. Like... To shave. No. Like yeah. she was using the other end of it? Yeah. 
Oh my god, she was really living in the fucking future. Like I am just in awe. And of... then yeah, she did that, and then she used her grandmother's electric toothbrush, <laughs> which is really wild in hindsight. Now that I'm saying this out loud, because it's like wow, like those are things people had to use. Girl, if you listening, girl, I need you to repent, repent. No, you did not have your grandmother's coochie juices up in her motherfucking lips. This is too much, girl. What's going on? Wait. <laughs> Wait. Okay. But I need no, to regroup for a minute. But a I minute. say that to say that I knew vibrators were. I actually, you know, I found out about I found out about dildos because of real sex. Right. Um. So I guess like what I mean, like well, I guess, but no, but definitely, but definitely, dildos were mainly the one of the main thing people knew about for the most part. Definitely, yeah. Majority would, of people, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah I would definitely. also just go ahead and just kind of say that like people do look at vibrators as extensions of dildos. So I would also just group like vibrators into there. They are definitely two separate entities, and people don't understand yeah. that. Um. But yeah, those two would probably have to be the most common thing that people thought existed. Um. And so there's this flashlights. Social- yeah. So so yeah, there's this socialization behind it. That kind of, like, teaches us to be ashamed. And, um, like, if women are known to have sex toys, they're basically prepping themselves for a real thing and, of course, being seen as, like, whores, right? And then while males are really looked at as, like, super weird for having a sex toy, um, and a lot of men really couldn't even fathom that there are, like, so many different sex toys specifically for their pleasure as well. Um, like, I like to think about specifically, um, like, nipple clamps. In particular, like, I didn't realize, of course, until I got to be an older age, I didn't realize the sensation that, um, nipple Mm. play brings to people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't know that they had, like, their own, like, toys for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that men are, men are, of course, socialized and they're brought up to think that their dick is supposed to be the center of everything when it comes to sex, right? So it becomes very uneasy for men to talk about anything that pleases them that isn't, well, at least anything that's peak pleasure for them that isn't centered around their dicks, right? Um, And that's why it's, like, taboo to have these conversations that, like, some men like their tanks to be lit. Some men like their asses to be ate. Some men like to be, like, you know, bit on the neck. Um, Some (laughs) men like to, you know, have their nipples licked. Um, and some men like, um, some men really just like to watch, um, and don't really even need any like pleasure and stuff like don't even really need any like physical like touch or anything like that to receive their pleasure. Right. So it's like when you bring up anything other than the norm for them, they're kind of threatened and they like, kind of like, you know, they themselves make up anything to feel more manly and to like, you know, um, keep that fragility intact as far as their egos right um and so it really just does such a disservice to like men and women alike because again it's just like men are really just centering themselves in sex and so women aren't and so that would lead us to talking about what what orgasms do for women specific i mean what masturbation does for women specifically um and people with vaginas sorry not just women but people with vaginas specifically who have engaged in this and i'm sure erica you can talk about this more because i've never had a coochie in my life um but i'm sure you do (laughs) (laughs) um okay thank you for thinking i have a coochie um cool oh honey you popped the baby out i don't have to think (laughs) that was was a struggle (laughs) Um, no. So, yeah. So, like you said, yeah, a lot of men think that their penis is the center of the universe, which does suck. Um, 
but because of that they do think that they can be lazy sexually um which is always a bummer i know for me i know a lot of um actually people with vaginas can really attest to um you know just having many bouts of bad sex um and not really understanding what an orgasm is until later on in life and the reality is that so okay so the most common orgasms that people with vaginas can have are clitoral orgasms because the clitoris is easily accessible um however you know figuring out how many like how often you can get the orgasm during sex if you're able to it does depend on the positioning of your clitoris because some people's is closer to the vaginal opening than others which you can imagine makes it easier to be simulated in different positions because it can you know the other person's pelvis or something else can rub on it if not their hand so clitoral clitoral orgasms are definitely more um you know common than vaginal orgasms that which are like more you know um not as common I'm going to say probably about uh, 40% of people with vaginas have actual vaginal orgasms, um, which is usually achieved by hitting um, the G-spot, um, which is located on the, you know, the back wall or the front wall of the vagina. Um, but a lot of people don't know about that. Um, a lot of people aren't able to get there, which is where toys come in. Um, and, you know, sadly, uh, men are really intimidated by it because, of course, like, you know, um, they don't really understand why women are going to use toys um when you have a dick right there um but the problem is the you know the problem is communication isn't a huge thing um i've had many instances where i'm having sex with a guy and you know i tell you know they ask me what i'm into and i tell them and they still don't do it so when it comes to masturbation you know whether it's with my hand or with a toy i don't have to worry about that because i already know what the fuck i'm doing um which is amazing but yeah. I don't. I don't think that people should really be intimidated by toys, though. Yeah, um, no, Mm-mm. they're your yeah, friends. They are, um, and I feel. But I really do feel like when it comes to orgasm, they're making sure that each part, each party is definitely being pleased during sex. Communication is a huge part of it, and I think that's where a lot of people are lacking. Um, it's a huge part of sex, and we need to pay more attention to it. Um, because you can't read people's minds, and I know people have this, you know, this misconception that pleasure is a one-size-fits-all type of thing, and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, you know, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've been with a guy, and they tried that little turntable move that they see in, in um, porn. Um, and, it's, and it's weird. It's more weird than anything, because um, it makes me dry. Because I'm not a turntable, and my clitoris is sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um... But, like, yeah, but I think that when, yeah, but like I said before, um, you definitely make sure you communicate when it comes to sex. You shouldn't be intimidated by sex toys. Um, it's really no problem with, like, you know, bringing them into the, you know, the bedroom or wherever you decide to have sex. You should work alongside them as, you know, um, cause it's, you know, when, it, I mean, even though sex toys are amazing and they do get to the point, the nitty gritty of things, I do prefer a person over sex toys. And I feel it. Um, and just to add to that, like, People are under the assumption that sex toys are really just for one person, but they literally have sex toys for partners. Um, And, like, you know, they've even made as much as, as far as going and made games out of it. Um, But you can always use, like, a sex toy that you have on a partner if, like, that pleasures them, right? So you don't always, again, have to feel like your genitalia has to be the center of your sexual experience. Um, And you can use those toys to your strength, right? 
Um, and I, I think this happens a lot for um, lesbian culture where like so many people are always just like, well, they don't have dicks. So how do they do this, this and that? Well, first of all, you don't know if they have a dick or not. So that's also just their business. Um, but they have an advantage. I get, Well, I'm not going to yeah. speak for them, but there could be an advantage there, right? Because they have they can master the art of not censoring genitalia to feel like they are engaging in sex, right? Yeah, they play, you know, they, yeah, they simulate the different erogenous zones that we have around our body. Mm-hmm. And they put more emphasis in it. And obviously, they have um, better sex than anybody, I feel like. Yeah, and I, I mean, I would, shit, we can get one of them on here to speak about it a little bit more. I'd be open to hearing about it. I really would. I would love to know what your experiences as, like, lesbian women, um, you know, has been, honestly. Um... Because it's just one of those things where I feel like y'all just appreciate the interaction a little bit more. Um, yeah, it like mm-hmm, it's a shared oh, no, experience, and y'all know yeah. that. And like again, with heteronormativity, um, even in queer relationships for queer men or you know people with penises and things like that, um, it's just very much this top or bottom. You want to be on the top or the bottom mindset. And it's so much more than that. Sex is so much more than just penetration. It is these erogenous zones that Erica was speaking about. It's about a connection between two people and making sure that you both receive the most pleasure out of it rather than just feeling like you were just used as a fucking masturbation sex, as a fucking... Like, you know, a lot of times, a lot of people feel like they are... Their bodies are being used as a sex tool. Yeah. Or used to masturbate with, yeah. Yeah, and so it's just like, you know, you want to make sure that that's not happening to you and you want to make sure that you and your partner are receiving the most out of each other so that there's no feelings of like resentment there um but also just want to say this sex is also more than orgasms too it doesn't have to always end in an orgasm absolutely. and if it doesn't it's okay there's nothing absolutely. wrong with it because some people aren't able to orgasm yeah it is hard for some people um and and it, and it could be a numerous amount of reasons why you're not able to orgasm it could be physically and it could be mentally or like you know um you know emotionally yeah um and there's nothing wrong with you i just wanted to make sure that that was known too Um, but that doesn't always have to be the end of that sentence of orgasm. It doesn't have to be at the end. Um, it's fine if it's not just in, you know, be able to enjoy the experience and live in that moment. Um, edging is also a thing. Edging is also an amazing thing. Um, and if you practice edging, that's, that's good. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so I guess, um, something I do want to just ask you specifically, Erica, um, how do you think masturbation has contributed to your personal joy and pleasure? <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> um, you know, what? I'm going to say it is really contributed to my joy and pleasure because I just know what I like now. Mm-hmm. I know what I'm into. Um, and I can, you know, confidently tell other people and communicate that with them. But also because of that, I kind of know, um, but well, actually, no, I'm, I'm, before I even say, let me just like recant that before I even say anything. But, um, no, it really, it helped, you know, it, um, I really feel like it does, it has helped me figure out what I like as a person. Um, and to communicate that with, with, with other people gives me more confidence, but also during pregnancy, like I didn't really want to be bothered with people. So that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Child's father was alive. I'm not going to, not going to dig back into that basket. I definitely feel um, that. Yeah, no, but, it, you know, it's a stress reliever. When you do masturbate, it releases endorphins. Um, so I think that that's definitely, it helped me with stress. And it also helped when it, mas- when it comes to masturbation. 
um, it does help with, um, you know, menstrual cramps. So I mm-hmm. think that that's another thing people should think about as well. Um, um, in the past, that that's also contributed to personal joy. Because I'm like, nobody wants to be cramping all the time. I do want to say that um, I, I feel like I think I read somewhere that that can, that it, like, is it true that that can actually vary from person to person? So I, I think I read somewhere that, like, sometimes it's like that, like, you know, the muscles, like, you know, the whole muscle thing as far as, like, vaginal can actually make, like your cramps worse sometimes so it really depends on person to person is that is, is that is that right yeah no it can okay but more but yeah but more often than most it does help with cramps um specifically masturbation it does end in orgasm i mean let me i should have been more clear with that absolutely um because of the contraction of the uterus it does help with cramping and it even helps with blood flow in some instances as well um masturbation does have a lot of um you know pros and cons of course T. um but one thing I do want to say, there is a method I heard, and I, you know, I want people to know, when it comes to masturbation, it doesn't mess up your sexual performance. Um, it doesn't mess up sensitivity. Um, if anything, it kind of enhances it. Um, yeah. It actually helps you kind of um, have a better grip on climaxing and stuff like that. Um, at least it has for me. Um, and it actually kind of, like, boosts your stamina. Um, again, for me. Um, so, I... For people, I would definitely um, say work on that masturbation. Um, if you are looking to go a little bit longer, <laughs> um, I think for me specifically, though, as far as like my own joy, pleasure, growth, um, it's had me. It's helped me have like maybe a clearer sense of self. If that makes sense. So my relationship with my body has become a little bit clearer than it usually has. Um, as an non-binary person, being comfortable with my genitalia has like is something that has really made me comfortable with the rest of my body. Um, you know, that disconnect that you have from your lived experience, from the body that you're put in. Um, and so that comfortability has kind of allowed me to know when I am uncomfortable. And that's both in and out of the bedroom. Um, so like Erica will tell you, I am no stranger to going to the emergency room over things that other people may seem, may feel as though are small, but because I've developed this relationship with my body where I know how it usually works, how it's, how it's daily, like, you know, um, routine is when I feel like something is off, I will take my ass to the emergency room and they can hike my motherfucking bill up all they want, but they will continuously see me every motherfucking week if they had to. Earlier okay. this week, I went on Sunday night and I went on Monday afternoon because both times I wasn't feeling too well um, in two major different ways. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I don't apologize for that. And I don't think anybody should ever apologize for having a good relationship with their body and making sure they take care of it. Um, because you only get one. Like, we are not cars. We are not vehicles. You cannot just go to the fucking, um, you know, to what the fuck is it, the scrapyard or to the fucking car shop and get your shit fixed, you know, when you crash. Because, you know, once you have that one major crash with your body, it's done. You're, you're, you're the done done, the sun done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, you really just kind of like grow a better sense of self when you masturbate. And then, like I had said earlier, I really feel like it's been able to help me on my sexual awakening and has helped me been able to teach and guide my um, partners on how to like pleasure me the most. Um, again, had this been just even Rashid, maybe what, like five years ago, you know, 
I was having my body used. I really was. And I was calling that pleasure. And I thought that was like to the extent of what pleasure could be. Mm, um, amen. Preach. Yeah. And so, you know, you get older and you start, you know, reading and you start engaging with different people's work and you just start to learn just so much. And like, you know, with teaching them on how to pleasure me, you know, I, like I said, the queer sex is sometimes very heteronormative. So that means really mm-hmm. niggas really don't care about your nut. Um, and it's imperative to have a self, to have like healthy sexual relationships that you're able to be confident enough to tell them this just isn't enough. This isn't working or this is really how I want you to do this. And, you know, it's important for you to have those conversations. You can sit down with them and you can let them know that it's not you. It's very much me. It's a very much you thing when, you know what I'm saying, somebody isn't performing to your standard. Like, they can't help that that's not what your body, you know what I'm saying, that what they have to offer is not what your body doesn't like, right? Yeah. So you have to tell them that. When niggas ask, I seen this this funny thing on um on, on Facebook where this woman um where this woman must have made a post or something like I mean must have made like a post on Instagram or something like that and the post was basically saying that um you talking about the one where it's like um you you wipe his dick off with a warm rag after he nuts yeah oh like uh, after you nut on it right um and the guy must have responded to the um to the post and was like. You never did this. You he you know he was in her DMs and he was like, you never did this for um, me. You never did this to me when we had sex. And she was like, well, you never made me nut. And he was like, oh okay, Damn. say less. And it's like y'all egos be but so hurt. But can it's I like, just say this has been me so many times. <laughs> I know it's it like, has. That shit really hit me in my chest. I, I know it has, and I I think it hits a lot of us. Like again, even you know, even like you know people. Even, like, people like myself, like, queer people, like, it really does just strike a, strike a nerve because they really think that sometimes they're just putting their all into it. And because they've never had anybody challenge them on these toxic fucking thoughts and ideals about how they really, like, center themselves in sex, they really don't know how to confront it. So then it becomes, like, this hostile thing where it's, like, they're cussing, where they think they're going to cuss you out and be like, well, bitch, at the end of the day, like, I still fucked or whatever, da-da-da. Okay, cool. It seems like, actually, you got fucked and I and I fucked you because if you nut and I didn't, that means what? I fucked you, boo. Like, you know what I'm saying? I just want to say, if you didn't nut, it wasn't a body gun. It doesn't count. Period. Like, girl, like, you know what I'm saying? You you know I ain't come, boy, if you had to ask me. And this is why we stand, this is why I stand my queen. (laughs) When she said that, like, it was something that, like, just, like, it just, like, went through my whole being. It was, like, it just felt like fire. And I'm like, yeah. That's, yeah, what she said. Okay, for real. Like, I just, you know, again, egos will really be shattered because they're not used to it. But, but the it same has to way, be said. Absolutely. It does have to be said because you would be so surprised how many guys, how many times guys be thinking, like, they really are amazing at sex. And then it's like, Woo. wait, no, I'm not. And it's like, it, it, it's even worse when, like, I'm one of those people who I have never gassed up my abilities, right? I just, like, I just let it work, like, talk for itself. Um, you know, so when you have those niggas who just are so hype to be in your messages or in your ear and be like, yeah, you already know what this work do. And then when they present the work and it is giving very much seven twenty five an hour salary. No. <laughs> it's just like, girl, like, it's it's not giving what you said it gave. <laughs> and again, like, 
like I, I just want to end. Like I am pretty much done when I say like you know the same way they put their pleasure first is the same way you need to keep yours and minds too. Because whether or not you advocate for yourself, they're going to advocate for themselves, and so only one of you is going to be the lesser of the two. And I'm sorry to you and your nut if you can't advocate for yourself, boo, because um, I know I will. Okay. Period. Tell these niggas what the fuck it is. But also just saying, like, you know, you said that, you know, you, you don't communicate with the people that you have sex with so that they, they, don't, they know what they're doing, what they're not doing. If you're on the receiving end of that as a good partner, you should want to be able to deliver and to listen. Yeah. Because um, um, if not, like, you shouldn't be fucking for real, for real. Absolutely. Because at this point, like, you know, these niggas be like 36 years old, not trying to listen to critique. And it's like, grow up. Woo. Talk about well, I don't that. like it's like I don't I really you know just very similar I just don't understand why you wouldn't want somebody else to be pleased during sex if you are yeah like why engage in it if you're not going to like go through with the with the full entire experience right yeah I, I don't know I, I don't know but you know just just to just run off some more pros like Erica said it does provide a lot of stress relief it really does it relaxes you and it just you know makes you feel good like those endorphins really just rush when you have a good nut or when you have a good like masturbation session. Um, again, everybody doesn't orgasm, um, but you can still feel good when you do it, honey. Um, I promise you. Also helps you fall asleep. Yes. Sleep is probably the most common one. Um, that's why usually when, um, so from what I know is it kind of like lowers your blood pressure at the moment. Mm. Um, so it relaxes you, like I said, and you know, it makes you easier able to fall asleep. Um, I know I myself on nights when I when I haven't been able to fall asleep, I've done so. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say it because again we are having this conversation and I want you to know that my pussy pops far and wide, whether I'm doing it myself or somebody else is doing it for me, honey. Um <laughs> But I have definitely jerked myself to sleep quite a few times. Back to sleep, girl. Okay. And I was going to say, like we talked about earlier as well, um, Erica said that it could, it can possibly, again, I would test it out and see, but it can ease those menstrual cramps that most people, that most people with um, vaginas do go through. Um, but again, like I said, that does vary from person to person. Um, and again, for people with vaginas, and it, it could help you orgasm. It's very common that people with vaginas do not experience orgasms from sex with a partner, um, specifically. Like, you know, people with dicks, that's one thing because we do have that power to just, you know, yeah, um, get it there. And to be, I'm going to be honest with you too, like, I, there is a very big difference between, like, stimulated, um stimulated like masturbation versus just like you know you just taking your hand out and just like jacking the shit off right um because you know there's a very big difference between having a prostate stimulator stimulator in your ass while you you know jack off um than just jacking off with nothing um you know what i'm saying um so i really would urge everybody to go out and go just see what really works for them when it comes to those sex toys oh wait just wait i'm sorry can i say something real quick because i really did forget to say this oh yeah i wasn't um, done the list go off sis mm-hmm. oh okay cool <laughs> i got scared for a i second. was actually oh, gonna shit. ask you what else you had to ask mm-hmm. oh no i was gonna say like as far as like masturbation goes it helped like um you know for people with vaginas you know if you are getting older or you know if you have had a child um you know vaginally uh you could have issues with your pelvic floor um, and orgasms do help strengthen it. 
Um, but also, yeah, so, and also when you strengthen your pelvic floor muscles, it helps you, it makes it easier for you to have orgasms, like during sex too. So that's another reason, mm. another pro of masturbation. Um, I, I don't know why I forgot to say that. Yes, 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 love that. Um, so when you sneeze, you know, you don't want to piss a little bit. That's what the, you know, strengthen that pelvic floor. You get that <laughs> yes. And I th- doesn't it like do something like it, it helps with like the drying? Like apparently it keeps it from like drying. Mm, yes yeah sometimes it can yeah okay yeah, sometimes it can yeah um and i i know from personal experience this one okay mm-hmm. masturbating will keep you from making the worst decisions of your life sexually. oh yes post nut clarity post nut clarity is just the bee's knees and it has saved me from fucking so many weirdos um honestly Anything is fucking attractive when you just really want a good nut and you haven't had one in a while. Um, But that post-nut clarity will keep you from meeting the weirdest of strangers on Jack, honey. Like, I would probably fuck Jamal Bryant and his congregation Um, if I was horny enough. I don't know about that. Right. Sorry, just as well. But, like, it's. You really need to make sure you have a clear mind before you fuck some of these niggas. Like, or just people in general. Everybody just ain't good for you. And I'm not even talking about that spiritual shit, but it's just something about knowing that you fuck somebody so corny that just eats me up sometimes. Yeah, yeah, I, I live with that daily. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Not as sorry as I am. I I I can see. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, let me ask you, Erica. Do you have so? Oh um, my God, I was waiting. Go ahead. Ask I know me. you talked about it earlier, saying that you haven't. Um, of course. Um, you haven't. Of course, you didn't find any good. Um, well, when you were starting out, when you first started with sex toys, you didn't have like much success with finding things that work for you but here we are years later after 22 girl you're almost 30 first of all let's talk about that um let's not (laughs) (laughs) um you still have a few more years so we good but um let's talk about what toys you're into now and like what works for you what do you love um so like i said before most people with vaginas um you know they like clitoral stimulation um, so honestly, whatever toys usually have clitoral simulation, I'm a fan of, I do have this, like this G spot, um, simulator with a, you know, a rabbit vibrating head. So that's pretty decent. But actually the best one I actually have is the one that Danny got me for my birth, I mean, not my birthday, but for Christmas. Ooh. Um, it's called a Sona Cruise. I'm sorry, what? That sounds erotic. I'm listening, girl. I'm tap, tap, tapped in. Please tell me about this Sona Cruise. <laughs> Yeah, so a Sona Cruise, I feel like I should post the link at some point. Yes, absolutely. But, um, no, so, like, yeah, so, um, Sona Cruise is, like, this clitoral massager, and it uses sonic waves. Uh, <laughs> I'm listening. Like, it uses, it does that uses, work on a tank? Yo, honestly, I feel like it does, because I know it definitely works on nibbles, on my nibbles. <gasps> 
Yes, come on. Versatility. That's the another thing. Like the versatility of sex toys is really just unmatched because you get it for one thing and then you realize you can do something for another thing. And you're like, <laughs> yes. Continue. Yeah, no, but you the sonic waves. Like you don't even have to really touch your clit. You could just like it. It like kind of moves it to your clit, like the sonic waves, and it's like, whoa, what is this? And then like it has power. I think it has like it has a lot of settings. Like I think I want to say it's like ten settings, like ten, ten, ten levels. Okay. Um, but yeah, but it even becomes more intense when you press it against your body. Um, and it's just really insane. It's really insane. Um, I don't think I've ever had something that made my, you know, that blew my mind, but it does blow my mind. You can get it from Lilo, um, which is spelled L-E-L-O, and they have a lot of other, um, you know, amazing sex toys there. But I, 10 out of 10, um, the Sona Cruise, I have Sona, it's the, it, mine is the, the second model. Um, it's, yeah, I don't have any words, man. Like, that shit's crazy. A good sex toy will do that for you. That shit will leave you speechless. That shit will honestly have you praying to it at night sometimes. But to, but to be honest, I can't use it too much because it's, like, really powerful. I'm like, God damn it. Like, I feel like... <laughs> That's like that's like something you have to do like once a Woo, week. It's you get like, it, you get it, you get it. Not. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, like it's too much. I just be like, yeah, but I definitely, I I recommend it. I definitely recommend it. Very thankful for Danny for getting it for me. So yes, love that for you. Rashi, do you have um, a favorite um, sex toy? I know you do. Well, one of my favorite sex toys is the prostate massager. So I told everybody that I am not super into um, like penetrative type things. Mm-hmm. However, prostate penises just simply don't do the things that prostate massagers do, honey. Oh, um, they the this one that I'm thinking about specifically is it has like a beaded tip to it. So that the part that actually mm-hmm. enters your rectum has you a beaded, like mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. It has a beaded tip to it, and, um, hold on. Yeah, it has a beaded tip to it, and you, um, like, when it goes in there, you have, like, of course, the capability, of course, to control it, you know, with, um, with a remote or sometimes your phone, it depends on what kind you have, um, and what that tip does is it actually, like, swivels around on your G-spot. And for those who don't know, I say it all the time, and I don't know if you guys just aren't hearing me, but usually if you have a penis, your G-spot is in your ass. Oh, right. And so that's why I say that a lot of men specifically, um, cisgender and heteronormative men, um really do themselves a disservice by not exploring their options as far as sex goes because they really limit their pleasure. And I think that's why they hate women so much because women are so much more in tune with their bodies than men are. Um, But yes, child, like, you know, it's something about the battery power. You know, it's just like when that thing gets to wiggling, I just feel so lifted. It is just something about your love. That makes me weekend, knocks me in the booch. Oh. Mm, okay. I was hyped to know one black song. <laughs> okay, love that for you. <laughs> and you took that from me, that's wild. But go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, so what else? What else you got on your list? You have anything else on your list? Um, on my list, like for sex toys or just in general? For because... sex toys. 
Yeah, like I yeah. So I'm really I'm really upset because I really wanted to find the. I don't have any more um, because somebody threw mine out. Um, I'm not going to say any names, but um, the Shiloh's father. Anyway, he threw it out, but what? it was from the Fifty Shades of Grey collection. He's such a fucking hater. Yeah, he is. Um, but yeah, it was a Quatoro simulator, and it's amazing. If I find it, I will. Um, you know, I will post about it. But you know, when it comes to just like for vagina owners, when it comes to sex toy recommendations. Um, I usually look at Nichelle's page to keep it a bean. Woo! Um, cause Nichelle has some good finds. Um, but yeah, Nichelle's definitely a sex toy whisperer. Shout out to Nichelle. It's always pink season in this bitch. Can we just talk about Nichelle's skin is just perfection? Okay, Nichelle honestly is really just a beautiful person. Um, she just exudes radiance. She exudes happiness. She exudes joy. Even on her worst days, she's giving you bitches a run for your money. Um, and she's really just a sex toy icon. So like Nichelle, even though again, so I'm non-binary and, um, Nichelle identifies with she, her, but I, I believe she's still queer. Um, her willingness and vulnerability to put those things on the timeline and kind of dedicate her stories and stuff like that to teaching people. Um, I'm guessing people with vaginas specifically about like pleasuring themselves gave me that extra boost to be honest, to do so. Um, and I honestly, at this point, I really wish that we could have had her on here. Maybe um, we can revisit. Maybe we can. Maybe we can revisit and maybe do a video thing so she can kind of, I was thinking that maybe we could do like a Zoom call um, and record it, or maybe like even an Instagram live. Maybe we could even do an Instagram live yeah. with um, Nichelle about in talks about like masturbation, sex, um, just self care and joy and things like that. Because Nichelle really is just unmatched, and I really I, I I've never met her personally, but I know that she she used to work at the collab, right? Yeah. She used to work at the collab before I officially started working there, and I've never necessarily run into her in person, but. Nichelle is just one of those people who you just love. Like, when you see her on your timeline, you just smile. Um, and I really do appreciate her. Y'all should go follow her and get into those sex toy reviews at Nichelle O'Drama. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's N-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-O-D-R-A-M-A on Instagram. And I promise you, she will rock your fucking world like the fucking vibrators and stimulators that will do so to come. Oh, I like that, Rashi. Dude, that was a good touch you did there. <laughs> no, but for real. But um, I'm sorry. But continue. What were you saying? Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. No, I don't. I don't remember what's called. It's from the Fifty Shades of Grey collection. But I was thinking about in the future doing anal training. So. Okay. So that's going to be something I'm going to do this year. I love that for you. To be yeah. honest, anal is like again. So people always ask me, like, of course, like. The girls in my life um, are always just like, oh my God, like, I don't know how y'all do it all the time. And I'm like, baby, because that's all, <laughs> like, if you want penetration, penetrative sex as, you know, uh, a man or a person with a dick, like, baby, that's the only way you're going to get it. <laughs> but like I said, <laughs> like, you know, our G spots really are in there. So it's like, it's different for, for them, for y'all than it is for us. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I get it how they could never fathom it. But also, um, 
again, when we talk about that care and that, well, that lack of care and disregard that men have for women, um, and just their like sexual partners, if they consider themselves to be a top or the person with the, um, the, with the dick, um, you know, in the relationship, they just kind of have that regard, that disregard for people's bodies, right? So I know women who have, of course, tried to do it, but they were like, it was just uncomfortable. And I'm like, you know, well, what do they do? Oh, like spit. And I'm like, no, like, See, no. I think we really do need to normalize Absolutely the fuck not, you trick-ass bitch, if you think you're just going to be spitting in my hole and just fucking jamming some shit in there. Like, you are absolutely going to use lube if you're going to be jamming something in me, boo. Um, and you're going to be making sure that Because, yeah, are... spit dries out too easily. Yeah. It doesn't have the right consistency. It's honestly just laziness. Very similar to how, like, when guys show up at your place and be like, do you have a condom? It's like, you came here with intentions on having sex with me. You weren't prepared. Okay. And it's just also just, like, health disadvantages. Like, you can actually cause, like, scarring back there. Yeah. You um, don't want any tearing. Yeah, and, like, I'm going to let you girls know something. Like, if you go to the bathroom after that shit happens, after they just tried to spit in your fucking hole, it's going to fucking hurt to shit. At least the second time, at least the first two times you go to shit after like being fucked in the ass. It's it's just not a it's not a pleasurable feeling. Um, but lube, honestly, and even that leftover lube that's left up there actually makes it easier to go to the bathroom um, after um, a sexual experience. So I would honestly, I always advocate for lube because honestly, there's no other way to have sex without it. I don't give a fuck what people say, and that's on what. Walls. Exclamations. <laughs> well, clearly we're having a disconnect, but yeah. <laughs> but also what he said, so. Absolutely. Uh, but do you have any um, other toys that you wanted to talk about? or um Textured masturbators. Mm, okay. It's the texture for me. Um, no, but seriously, sometimes, like, they have these things called, like, um eggs. They're called, like, um, they're called, like, masturbator eggs. And so basically they expand when, of course, you like, you know, go to jerk it around like your penis or whatever. But inside of it, there's like different patterns and like texture designs on it that gives it a different feeling. So some are like ribs, some are wavy. Um, and it's just a different tickle for your pickle. And like they really just feel good, to be honest. And I live. <laughs> I'm just tired. Like you. OK, this is a tickle for your pickle. And then also nipple clamps. And oh yeah, I like I like nipple clamps. I love the vibrating ones. They are a heap of. To be honest, I've never I've never um done vibrating nipple clamps. I had click clamps before though. Oh really? Yeah. Um, we've never talked about that. That's actually really interesting. Did that do anything for you? Um, it's very similar to the feeling that you get when you use nipple clamps, except it's definitely different because you have um more nerve endings in your clitoris. Of course. So I can only imagine how explosive that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. child. I'm sorry. My, you know how like sometimes when you hear about like something that's like super pleasurable, you kind of get that tingly feeling down like the area of your genitals. It's not necessarily saying that you did like. It's not saying like my dick jumped or anything like that. But I just was like, ooh, like that must feel amazing. Like ooh, like I don't know what the equivalent of getting wet is for. Well, men do get wet. Maybe I got wet. Is it wet down there? Maybe. <laughs> I, I'm just my face. I'm just like, cause I woo, really that sounds like woo, child. Just so people know, like when it comes to clamps, they're just used to enhance pleasure. Um, and they do that by pinching 
um, you know, either your nipple or your or your clitoris, you know, whatever. If you decided your nipple or clamp, you know, clit clamps, it's like you know, it depends. But what usually um, so it restricts the blood flow or the sensation in it. So basically, what gives you pleasure is the release of it. So you kind of just yank it all fast. Okay. So like the restriction and the release, it it's what causes the um, you know, the feeling of euphoria. Usually. Okay, it's, so that's it's pretty much the same thing with nipple clamps. Um, yeah, like you said. Okay, yeah. girl, because I was gonna tell you like don't buy. But again, but like, but but again, it's just more enhanced of course. Like yeah. I said, yeah. yeah. I was gonna say them vibrations. I find myself singing along to them sometimes, like because that's how good they feel. It it gives like, girl, you know how. <laughs> like I've been fiending, wake up in the late night, been dreaming about your vibrations. Um, it's amazing. Um, I would suggest nipple clamps. Whether you they have starters, so like you know there are different like levels for nipple clamps. Um, so they have ones that are like heavier, um, again, ones that vibrate, ones that are lighter for beginners because you don't want to overwork it the first time, right? You want to make mm. sure that you're easing yourself. It's the same for any sex toy. You want to make sure that you're easing yourself into these things and not feeling rushed because sometimes when you rush those things, that can feel like more pain than pleasure. Um, and even though some people do like pain as pleasure, um, for those who don't, you know, you don't want to overdo it um, because that'll turn you off even more. So you want to make sure you're like, you're looking these things up. There are websites, like there really are. There are websites and there are beginners tutorials and like guides and manuals for how to use some of these toys. It really is. So like for nipple clamps specifically, I would definitely um, encourage you using, um, you know, some type of, you know, beginner's set. Yeah, no, always, when it comes to clamps and things like that, I always um, say to use it on, you know, parts of your body that aren't sensitive um, first to kind of see how you're feeling about it. So, like, usually I do, um, do I do my finger or my earlobe? It's one of them. But, yeah, so start off with something small like an earlobe or a finger or something else and then kind of just go to another, you know, and kind of just, like, go with intensity, move up with intensity, maybe another sensitive part of your body, and then you can move to your nipples or your clitoris. Yep. So. What else you got on your list, Aerie? I don't honestly. Yeah, I think those are just the only sex toys that I have in mind. Oh, really? Um, I have about two more. Yeah, like oh, you're good. I'm, <laughs> I, oh no, I'm with, with, with that. With that being said, that doesn't mean I don't want to hear about your shit. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> so I want people to know. So no matter what kind of toy it is, I want people to know that app controlled toys are where it's at. Um, and those particularly, I feel like people should use with partners. I mean, of course you can use it on yourself and I, I absolutely um, say that you should, but there are just those days where, you know, you want to, you know, build up that sexual, you know, chemistry with your partner, um, some days more than others. And so, you know, you, what you do is of course, so if I wanted to use like a prostate massager, I would insert it in and even though it would be sitting there at random times during the day, to, uh, you know, uh, during the day, yeah, what my partner would probably do is, like, turn it on. Mm-hmm. And so I have no control or no um, idea of when these things are going to happen, right? Um, and I think that that is probably just, like, one of the most erotic and sexy and enjoyable things that 
I have learned through sex toys. Because, again, it's like they are giving you that pleasure, right? And that's what I'm saying, where it's like you can use them to your advantage. So if I'm doing that, it's only building me up to want to, like, you know, get my hands on you more. Or, you know, I want you to get your hands on me if, like, you know what I'm saying, if I'm already in the mood. Like, you know? Um, So I would definitely just recommend any, like, app-controlled toy that you could definitely use with a partner. Um, and then also strokers are really that girl. Strokers are cute too. Like not all of them, but most of them. Um, I like the ones that have vibration settings. Mm. Um, and the ones that have a little bit more, I guess you can say, um, a more smooth base to it. Um, and that takes coating, like coating from like lube and stuff like that really well to give you that idea that it's an actual like person, um, whether it be like, you know, a person's ass or a vagina or a mouth, um, something that lube easily makes feel like it's the real thing. Right. And then I have this one stroker, right? Erica, I lie to you not. It has 39 different vibration settings. 39. Imagine how many nuts I've gotten off of that. At least 39. 39. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. At least 30 fucking nine. Um, I know you girls are jealous out there. I am. I'm not going for And I just want you to know that we can all bask in these things, This is which is why we're having this conversation. Um, so when people tell me to go fuck myself, I say gladly, bitch. Um, <laughs> but one thing that I do, I've actually ordered it. I've ordered one. Um, there's these new things for people with penises and they're like automatic, like suction strokers. Mm-hmm. So apparently, like when you like place it on your penis, where do you, or whatever, where do you wait? Where do you buy your stuff from? Um. Well, I was uh at first I was buying my stuff from this place called um the Boy Shop. Mm, okay. Um, and that's boys with a Z. And I slowly I was on Twitter one day and I had seen this um commercial. Well, not this commercial. I seen this ad for um you know. Like the app control vibrator that I told you that I was just telling you all about. Mm. Um, I seen that and um, I was like, well, let me go on this site and see what the fuck this, what this, what, what else they have to offer, right? Because I already added that in my cart because I knew that app controlling um, toys was something I wanted to get into. And they had this, like, it's called a... I'm looking at it right now. So I shop at this place called Lusty Age, right? It's called Lusty mm-hmm. Age. And it's this hands-free, rotatable throat... Mm-hmm. Hand, throat Wait. hand men's penis massager. So you put it on there. So what apparently it does is, like, you know, it uses... Like, it, yeah, it uses suction to grip and attach to your um penis. And... Yeah, it like starts to go off on its own. Oh my! Okay. I am very ready. I ordered this thing on like. <laughs> Would you look at that? I was looking to bring in the new year right. I ordered it on January first. <laughs> <laughs> I ordered it on January first, and it's still not here. But I'm waiting for that and another plethora of toys. Um, and one of the other things that I put on here was a pump. 
Um, and so it's a, it's a, it's a penis extender pump. However, so I don't use it for the extension purposes of it because I really don't care about how people might feel about dick size. Um, I'm a very much an equal opportunity lover when it comes to dick sizes. Like I feel like all dicks deserve attention. Um, however, um, penis pumps, like sort of like how you said, as far as, um, the clitoral simulator, it you know, has, you know, you use the pump in the air and stuff like that. It basically like pumps all the blood into your penis and then you remove it. And there's just like this heightened sense of pleasure on your penis. Mm. Um, so like, that's kind of when I, I, I use it, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, specifically in jerk off settings, like, you know what I'm saying? Um, in masturbation settings. But other than that, you know, um, I don't really use it. I don't use it when I'm about to engage in like normal sex with other folks, but I know other people actually do. Um, and that makes sense and I get it and I feel it. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I have on my list. You know, Erica, I really love a good sex talk, especially with you because I don't know, like, you know, some people are judgmental about this, even in 2021. Um, and I mean, I don't really care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm free. I'm open. Um, I'm appropriate. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't just, I don't just force my sex life on other people, of course. Um, but in spaces like this, I really appreciate us and you always, you know, making sure that, you know, I and other people always feel affirmed in our sexual growth. Like Erica is very like, Erica is smart guys. Um, and I don't mean to like, just make it seem like y'all thought that she was stupid or anything like that, but Erica is smarter than she like, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not even just smarter, but just wiser and has has I was talking to her the other day. Um, mm-hmm. I want to be transparent with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to her the other day, and she was saying that she feels like sometimes on the podcast she doesn't speak a lot. So oh she, my god! <laughs> so she feels like sometimes she needs to immerse herself in more, like whether it be literature or documentaries or things like that. But I think that the thing about Erica is Erica has the ability to know when she should speak up and know when she should just like be silent, right? Um, and that is a skill because everybody doesn't have those listening skills. And I think that because Erica has those listening skills, she's able to just listen and take it in for a minute. And then when it is when it is appropriate for her to get feedback, she's accumulated and she has reflected on these things in enough time to give you a sensible answer, right? So she's not just looking up the answers that she gives you guys on this podcast sometimes, like I do sometimes, I really do. Um, she's able to freestyle it. Um, and Erica just automatically, like just overall has like a common sense factor out of this world. Like there's not another person on this world who I would go to for advice about anything specifically sex than Erica. Um, again, other than Nichelle, shout out to Nichelle again. <laughs> um, but Erica really is just that girl when it comes to sex talk. Really, like she even has, you know, if you don't know, she has her own page on Instagram um, called Come Talk, um, that is slowly but surely growing, um, and I'm very happy about that, that, you know, teaches you just these different things about sex and consent and interaction with people and making sure that you sustain and build those healthy relationships, um, with yourself and others as it regards to sex. Um, and I just think that having this conversation with her and having any conversation around sex is just, like, my favorite thing in the world with her. Like, 
we connect on a lot of things, but and sex is definitely one of them, and it's among the highest of the list because we learn from each other's mistakes and experiences. We really do, and we don't allow the, like you know each other to, like you know make those mistakes sometimes on our own, even though we should. But pleasure is not something I want to keep stumbling upon because I made a mistake. Um, and I think that she does that really well, and she's very transparent. She's all even what when we were teaching kids, she's always been transparent and taken the initiative to teach our kids about consent and teach our kids about sexual education because there are so many harmful myths out there surrounding our kids and our babies with this stuff. And, like, y'all wonder why they grow up and, like, they just have these terrible experiences. It's because y'all aren't being real with them and y'all are running away from responsibility. Um, And where y'all run away, Erica honestly just picks up. And I'm just, I, I love her for it. I really do. I love you for it. Oh, wow, I feel like I'm getting an award. This is amazing. Always. Thank you so much. You're, girl, like, you are an award. Like, girl. No, okay. See, no, I can't do this. I can't. Girl, like, when it's too much positive feedback, I just crumble. I'm not. I I'm feel not it. Too that's how I feel. This. How do you think I feel all the time? Like, I just well, be like, girl, like, y'all make It's different because you should get used to it. Mm-mm. It's something I'm never going to get used to. It's like, when well, you're humble, like, yeah, like, we have a humility to us. And I, I, that's not even a brag, but. We are very uncomfortable, like, with the spotlight on us. We always have been, like, when people, like, just, like, Rashid and Erica is always, or Erica and Rashid is always, like, on people's, like, you know, lips, right? In the spaces that we occupy. And so when people be trying to gas us up, it's, we just be like, oh, my God, y'all, please stop. Like, please, like, this isn't for us. Uh, um, We appreciate it, but it, it just, it, it's awkward sometimes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. But I love us regardless, and I am happy that we do have this platform to be candid and transparent with people, and that we are able to teach people and just, you know, just be there. Meet them Absolutely. where they are. But what one thing I do want people to take from this, like if you guys do have kids, um, definitely make sure you make it an effort to be transparent and be open with your students. I mean, mm-hmm. with, with, I'm sorry, not your students, but with your, you know, with your children. Because you want to make sure they don't make the same mistakes that you made. Um why are you looking in on me? I'm doing a podcast. I'm sorry. Is that um, mom? No. No, it's not, Rashid. Who is that King? Yes. This just threw me off. I apologize. Anyway. Um, yeah, you just want to make sure that you, you know, you meet the kids where they are. Cause you know, again, like Rashid said in the beginning of the, you know, beginning of this discussion about masturbation and sex toys, by you not talking about sex toys and masturbation, you're like teaching them to be ashamed of it. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing wrong with exploring your body and getting to know what you like. Um, and just as far as sex as a whole, just please meet them where they are so that they don't have to learn these terrible lessons from, you know, other people, um, specifically people that give them false information about sex. Because again, like I just want to say this again, I did teach a student who was doing ginger ale douches because they were told that the fizz from the soda was killing sperm and bacteria that causes STDs. So I just want to say that could easily be your child. So teach them about sex and have a sex positive environment. That's all I wanted to say. So you stay blessed. And that's real. Um, <sighs> so I guess since we're bringing this to it in, Erica, I want to um, just overall just ask, you know, what was, <laughs> I guess, the peak in the pit of your of your week? The <laughs> peak in the pit of my week. Honestly, every time I go into work, it's a pit. Um... <laughs> So that's really what it is. I mean, my peak is anything to do with Shiloh. Um, Shiloh um rolled over, um, and that was really um decent for me. Um, so I just really want to make sure that you know she keeps up, you know, 
her reaching these milestones and I want to continue to be a good parent for her and to be there for her. Um, and I'm really happy I have the opportunity to work from home. Um, I got a lot of stuff done for work today. So, I mean this week, so I guess a way to keep that up would be to just really just stay on my shit and keep taking my fucking sertraline, which is basically Zoloft to keep focused. Um, but my pit is, you know, again, like I said, it's work. Um, I hate my job. I have to find a new one. That's something that I am looking to, you know, to do to change my environment and to be in a place that challenges me professionally and mentally because I do want to grow. Um, so if y'all know of any jobs that are hiring, let me know. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the peak is Shiloh, everything Shiloh. And for me, getting shit done for work and my pit is work as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have better peaks and pits. What are your peaks and pits for the week, Shiloh? I mean, rushing. Um, well, I think my peak, so even though I feel like the mural should be my peak, I think that's like my second peak. I think my first peak would have to be, um, when I came over there and, you know, Shiloh was in her, was in her, um, was in her swing and she was just like communicating, you know, how babies communicate, how they spill all the tea and she was just like blowing bubbles and she was really just enjoying herself. I think like seeing my god baby so happy. Um you make her happy. Yeah, I think all of us honestly make her happy. She's very like she's Shiloh is a very easy baby to get along with, but she is very strong-willed in what she wants and what she doesn't want. Like all babies are. And you know, when they cry, it's really just a form of communication. Um but seeing her just be so happy in her swing and just be like so in love with herself and have unapologetic like self love, um, is it is always very warming and I love her I really do, um, and I would have to say the pit of my week, <sighs> sitting in a hospital for two days even though I regret nothing, mm. but sitting in a hospital for two days it's just like overall just the atmosphere of a hospital annoys me because it's it's like. I get other people can't help the things that they're going through in there, but sometimes it gets really loud. You know, overall, even though I can be loud, I'm a very, like, quiet and peaceful person. Um, So, like, things are usually not loud in my household. (laughs) Um, I'm to myself. And I just hate being in those settings because, you know, people are in and out, so you don't have privacy. And then you might not be able to eat because you had this procedure happening. And then, like, you know, they, they fucking shoot you up with shots and IVs and shit. It's just uncomfortable being in there. Even though I know I'm taking care of my body and I will always make sure I do it, it's just just being in there. Um, and I feel like... Um, I'm not going to say I can repurpose that into anything else because I'm never going to lie to y'all and tell y'all that if I feel bad again, I'm not going to go to the ER because I absolutely am. (laughs) Um, So yeah, and there's that. Um, And that's really just how I feel. So there's my peak and my pit. Okay, well, we love the peak. Well, we know that Shiloh's having the um, pit of her day right now, as you guys heard. (laughs) You can hear that? Okay, cool. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) I I know, I'm very anxious to figure out what's going on here. Absolutely. Well, actually, I know what's going on. I know exactly what's going on as well. But um, I just want to thank everyone for just tuning in for yet another week. Um, We always appreciate you guys for listening in. Um, The amount of support that we got since, you know, coming back Mm -hmm. on air has been astounding. 
um, and we never take it for granted. We do love all the feedback we've been getting, all of the likes, all of the shares, all of the listens. Um, we hope that we can continue the momentum and keep you guys like interested and engaged because I know we will be. Um, and just, just thank you for following us on this journey and just being there for us because we do love you guys and we know you love us too because why would you not? Absolutely. And I am just going to, you know, I'm just going to give a yay to that and just follow up with a clap. I have nothing else to say. That's honestly authentic and real. Um, but I would like to close this out. Um, so representing the gays and the girls, you're listening in on your favorite fat hosts. I'm Rashid, a.k.a. Rashid, a.k.a. Fag Albert, a.k.a. Freedom John. And I'm sitting here with Valerice's great niece. So you already know she or they is in charge of the girls. They are Erica, a.k.a. Fat Badu, a.k.a. Thickerita, a.k.a. Milfiana, a.k.a. Shiloh's Mama. And this has been The Girls Room. And we'll hit you on your beeper sometime next week. All right? Bang. Bye. Hi, this is Erica, a.k.a. Thickerita, a.k.a. Mofiana, a.k.a. Shallow's mom. Thanks for tuning into The Girls Room. We always appreciate your support. So make sure you follow us at The Girls Room on all social media platforms and also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.